Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gene Williams, the Noel somehow, someway, make it out of Clemson alive. 31-24 winners in overtime. Last time we won in this series, it was in overtime. The seven-game win streak is gone. The Noles go into the bye week undefeated. Gene, what the hell did we just watch? We watched somebody pulling it out of their proverbial ass is what you saw. You saw a team that was outplayed, that probably didn't deserve to win, couldn't run the football. Uh, just bizarre play calling, although that with those jump balls, it paid off, I guess, in, yeah. in overtime. Just, I don't know. And you had their kicker missed it. You got a gift. You had a chance. And I really thought, man, they gave this thing away. They missed a field goal. You go down. Yeah. But you know what? You're 4-0. We would have given anything in any season, but 4-0 it was ugly. But, I mean, a little bit. As bad as that defense was, Tom, just to give up just the seven points and to score seven yeah. by the defense. And then you held them out in overtime. You held him to that field goal. So, I mean, as much as I was mad at the defense, especially in that first half, I mean, I guess you got to give some props. I don't usually day drink scotch, but I'm going to break out some open 14 here. Oh, yeah. Because um, you got to do that. You beat Clemson. It's been done since 2014, Tom, yep. yeah. that you pulled that one off. So, we're going to celebrate this win. It wasn't ugly, but, I mean, how many times has Florida State lost a game when they outplayed the other team? So, you know what? I think the football gods paid Florida State back for this one. So, cheers. I, I, cheers to you. My uh, – my- Beverage is on its way. Uh, right. This is the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show presented by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. Buy one, get one on the voodoo. You don't need much espresso right now, but it's delicious. It's delicious. I promise you that. This is a result over a process show for the beginning of it. Gene, there's a lot that's wrong with the process. Don't care right now. 4-0, and Florida State goes into the bye week undefeated with all their goals in front of them. A desperate Clemson team was able to stop the run. The run game's a mess right now. Uh, Florida State, after getting on a hot streak at the end of the first half, second quarter, looked like the offense was rolling. Three and outs, three and outs after an explosive play to start the third quarter. Uh, it was it was gross, but Kalen Deloach changed the game, Gene. Kalen Deloach changed the game. It's 24-17 to 17 Clemson. They hit a, a big run with Phil Maffa up the middle of the field. It feels like more than a standing eight count. It feels like we are on our way to the canvas. Instead, you know who hits the grass? Cade Klubnick, a thunderous hit by Kalen Deloach, jars the ball loose, and Sean McDonough on the broadcast said it alertly. The best thing that could happen to Florida State was it bounces off of Braden yes. Phillips' hand <laughs> and pops up into the air. And Kalen Deloach takes that ball and runs 50-some-odd yards to the house to make it a brand-new ball game. Gene, that was a play 
that I mean, if you go back into the annals of, of Florida State and Clemson's yeah. rivalry, that is a humongous moment, and that's a play that's going to live. <laughs> There's good timing for you to get your delivery after the, after that great rundown. Oh man, what a moment! What, what a, a great moment. play that was! Getting not only getting the big hit, you get the sack, you got the forced fumble, you got recovered fumble, and you got to run it all the way. And I knew once he had it, because you know he gets he runs the ball at fullback sometimes for Florida State. And he once he got in the open field, he was going to score on that one. And yeah, exactly. It's, again, it seemed like one of those football gods things were paying Florida State back for just some some tough times in the past. Like you mentioned that play, this fortuitously to bounce into his hands on that one. And the fact that they could stay into this game, because you're right, Tom, when they busted off that long run, I'm like, here they go. Even if they get a field goal and you're down 10 nothing, the way the offense was sputtering and couldn't run the ball and you were so one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're going to get into a lot of the details of this. I mean, obviously, not the inability of a Mike Norvell team not to be able to run when you've got that experience on the offensive line, you've got this cavalcade of running backs. It's supposedly you're so explosive and yeah. you average 1.1 yard per carry, making you one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And even on that one dimension, the number of low percentage long plays over and over, you've got so many of these playmakers, you could get the ball in shorter routes. I never really understood that. I know a lot of times you're getting the matchup you like. You're seeing the one-on-one, you're seeing that. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with controlling the ball a little bit and getting your playmakers out in open space. Something Mike Norvell usually does so well. Yeah. And it seemed like since that BC game, they've gone to this philosophy. It's like we're obsessed because we've got Coleman. you got Johnny Wilson. We're just going to keep chucking them the ball down the field, and good things are going to happen. And, you know, it did. I guess in overtime it finally did. But, yeah, but I guess I, to me that the story you write is that play, and I think the fact that the defense held its own and kept Florida State in the game and got that scored and then got the stop in overtime. You know, it's uh, again, it's on a third and short. Uh, they decide to throw a bubble to the perimeter. And, Gene, that was something I thought that Florida State would eat up all day long. And and they would have. You know, Clemson stayed away from the bubbles to the perimeter pretty much all day. I think they had seen on film that Florida State was very aggressive, very good at shedding blocks, making tackles in space when you're throwing to the receiver in a bubble screen. And so a lot of what you saw today was over the middle of the field. Way too oh much was gosh, over the middle the of the field. field. But in this instance, I mean, and Dabo was losing his mind. It's third and an inch. I don't care that it's blocked. You're gonna you're gonna fall forward for a first down. You got but- two physical running backs been running well, and you got two. I mean, that that was insanity. That and the end of regulation too. That play, the little flip yep. back to the quarterback. Why are you messing around? You got Florida State's defense backpedaling on the run, yep. and you're doing some trickeration out there. That was Clemson, and then the, obviously giving up the two timeouts where they could have had a shot at the end of the game. Dude, that was just very poor management by Dabo and that staff at the end of the game. They gave the game to Florida State. And we will take it. Screw yeah. that. It's seven. Screw in you, a, Dabo. Seven in a row, no longer. Now Florida can State. We get, can we get Jeff to call in just to give us a suck at Clemson? I missed that. Uh, he might. In fact, I, I believe he might have agreed to do that earlier ah. in the week. So we will look for it on the tuned. screen. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. The uh, War Chant postgame call-in show will feature a lot of happy phone calls today. Uh, you know, I find, Gene, that we have one of the more measured phone call shows in America when it comes to sports. Because even in a bad loss, our callers will find silver linings. And even in a win, our callers will express concerns. So I wonder which way you're going to go today. Personally, I'm going to take the result over the process. We have plenty of time between now and Virginia Tech to talk about all of the flaws, that you can't run the football, that I think 
you know, you're really missing Robert Scott because Jeremiah Byers has had a rough mm-hmm. go these last couple of weeks. That slot receivers don't exist in this offense. Where the hell are the slot receivers? All that, that stuff we, we heard about uh, Destin Hill and Winston Wright all during practices. Where did they go? They don't even exist on this team. I look forward to breaking that down as a 4-0 football team that is in the inside. Sean, I also called that score, by the way. So I did call the exact score. You did? I think a couple of us did. Yeah, I think a couple oh. of us had 31-24. I had 38-24, and it's a miracle that we got. We needed overtime to get to 31. Um, this was just a ride, Gene. You know, I took copious notes in the first half of the things I didn't like about the defense, you know, because the defense had a rough first half. And the offense came to life. And Jordan, you know, that, that, that last drive in the first half where he ends up scoring from a yard or two out, uh, maybe in a few more yards, but the toughness to lower the shoulder, fight through, and score, that was just Jordan taking the game over. But then he disappeared. For the next hour and a half. So this is just a back and forth game. It's a true team win today, Gene, because there are moments that you could point to the offense and say they were awful and you'd be right. And there are moments you could point to the defense and say, that's way too easy. What the hell are you doing? And you'd be right. And yet somehow when it's all over, it's all said and done. Florida State wins the ball game. First time they won in Clemson in 10 years. First time they've beaten Clemson since 2014. And again, it was a Carlos Williams overtime touchdown run in 2014 the last time Florida State was happy when these two teams went head-to-head until today where Keon Coleman on a second and nine, Gene, you throw 50 uh, jump balls and 50-50 balls, eventually one of them's going to come your way. And on a second and nine, it's a 24-yard touchdown pass. Beautiful throw from Jordan. And that ends up being the difference here. Uh, you know, we need to uh, give an assist to uh, Clemson's grad grad uh, kicker, a graduate student kicker, who missed from 29 yes. yards with under two minutes to go to. Unbelievable. Uh, it's not like Florida State hasn't missed a kick or two to lose a game. So, like I said, football gods, a little payback for Florida State in this one. You know, I think it, we're never going to know as much because they don't talk much about injuries. But we know Travis was hurting. Obviously, he didn't hardly ran at all. Like you mentioned, that play in the goal line, which I was surprised. He got that call, and I even wondered whether it was that or somewhere else. Maybe he aggravated that shoulder even more and was in some pain. He just seemed off on a lot of his throws. Like I said, it seemed a one-dimensional throwing. He obviously had – there's a play somewhere in the second half. I don't remember when, when he rolled to the right, could have run for seven, eight yards, and he threw it into bad coverage down the field. I'm like, man, take the yardage on that. Yeah. And I got to think he, that his inability to run and having some pain, I think we were not getting Jordan Travis at his best. No, um, you're absolutely right. He would have tucked the ball. He would have run more. Um, the problem, Gene, that, that we can talk about moving forward is some of the decision-making. There's still stuff open underneath. And, yeah. and there is no it, – it is boom or bust. And this offense in two ways is boom or bust. It's hot and cold. It's too streaky. But then it is so dependent on the explosive play. Mm-hmm. First half, Gina, I thought Rodney Hill, or sorry, uh, Lawrence Tofili on a second and 10, turns down a run that might go for 30 or 40 yards because he bounces inside on a counter. Uh, there's a second and 10 with Trey Benson in the third quarter where he's got an outside run. He bounces it back inside. That might go for another 20 or 30 yards. I think there are some things there. But I also think at this point in the season, uh, Jeremiah Byers needs to calm down a little bit and get some more development going <laughs> during the bye week because if Robert Scott's not available, that that's, seems to be a bit of an issue on the right side of the Florida State offensive line. Uh, now, we have talked for about 10 minutes here. You're watching the Warching at Game Day postgame call-in show presented by DeLuna Coffee. Your calls are coming very shortly. This is going to be an awesome day. Have we gotten enough out of the way, Gene, to complain about the officiating yet? Because it was awful today. 
Well, it's ACC. To me, it was pretty typical. Uh, we saw this. The head, the head referee was the same one who did the infamous uh, last time Florida State or when Clemson won that game with Dalvin Cook, and he was on that crew that had that infamous clip or whatever that was that was made up on the game of Florida State. It was about to put the game away. Uh, so I was a little leery when I saw that. I mean, it's like the, the, the penalty that kept that last drive for Clemson going you know, the timing was bad. Technically, sure, is that a penalty? But then the same exact thing happened to Johnny Wilson. Yep. Or was it Wilson or I don't remember it was Wilson or Coleman later in the next drive before Florida State had the ball. Be, just be consistent with it. You know, I, it was bad, Tom. I, I've seen a lot worse officiating by ACC. I, I think what we're going to find is we break the game down farther and, and in, in more depth. The, they let them play, clearly. There was a lot of contact going both ways. But if you watch – in these cut-ups as they come out in the next few days. Holding. And you see the holdings that were allowed, OPI for Clemson. So the one time they called him for OPI, I thought that was a bad call. That's not offensive pass interference, but it's a hold on the right tackle. So I think, you know, justice is kind of served there. They've got an offensive pass interference later on a big play uh, that goes, it's a throw to the sideline that kind of changes the course of a drive, Gene. Uh, you've got Jaheim Bell getting his arm tugged on a wheel route in the second half. I believe it was mm-hmm. the maybe early fourth quarter. But his arm is tugged. He's going to make the catch. Yeah. And then Keon Coleman obviously gets dragged uh, as he's about to break away for on a fourth and ten for something that might score. Florida State overcame some adversity today, not just with its own ineptitude running the football, but I think also if you're looking balanced, it doesn't mean that the officials were out to get FSU necessarily, Gene. But on balance, I think Florida State overcame some zebras that did not. Go there. There got some 50-50 calls that did not go there. No, I, that's that's fair. I think you're right. I definitely saw some of the holding. I'd like to see. It's ta- it's hard on the television, and you're not looking at the L22. It'd be, it's hard to tell us the angle sometimes. But it seemed like a lot of times you see a defensive lineman kind of break through, then oddly fall down, or something yeah. would happen. Like how did that happen? So it looked like there might have been some holds. It's hard to see from our view on that. But again, I think the fact Florida State. Let's face, let's be honest. They were outplayed yeah. uh, in the game. And yeah, they probably had to overcome some officiating too. But I mean, I've, credit to the team; they overcame. I mean, that's a lot of things. They were on a big stage; everything was going against them. They're trailing the entire game, or tied, or trailing the entire game, and they found a way to win the game. So, if nothing else, this speaks to the fortitude of those players mm-hmm. in that kind of environment to come through in this situation and to be four and zero in a game where, like I said, you were outplayed and you could not. Something Mike Norvell does really well: you couldn't run the football. When you're on the road and you can't run the football and your defense is having some issues, you don't usually win those games. So that's a credit to the team to pull that off. So, Gene, do you think as the adrenaline subsides here, because, I mean, that's a straight adrenaline rush in that fourth quarter. You're just watching a slugfest, and it ain't pretty. But, I mean, your your emotions are heightened. The butterflies, all that. Do you think you're going to enjoy this more as, as the adrenaline recedes? Because right now I can tell you're deeply conflicted. Yeah, yeah, I think you know that's a good point, Tom. I think I will because I was so I was writing notes to about the loss. I just assumed they were going to lose this game, so I was pissed for most of the game. So it's hard for me. I was almost shocked when they got that stop on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you're right. We appreciate it. Where you take a win is a win, especially against a team you haven't beat since 2014. Absolutely, you take the win and up there. And their Clemson's backs were to the wall with that loss to Clemson uh, Duke early in the season. This was a must-win game for them. They may not, you know, at this point, we always talk about having the rematch. I, the way I don't know if there, there could be another ACC team with one loss. So I don't know. Clemson may not be in that ACC. We may not see Clemson again the rest of the year. Uh, agreed. They still have uh, Miami and North Carolina and Notre Dame, which doesn't count for the conference, of course. But I mean, that, that's a daunting. So Louisville schedule. could easily go and have 
Yeah. One loss, I mean, with their schedule, Duke can end up, maybe Duke loses to Florida State and gets the rematch. Who knows the way they're playing. That's the thing that happens here. And to the nearly 2,000 of you that are tuned in with us, welcome to the War Chant Game Day post-game call-in show. It's a 4-0 edition brewed up by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. Florida State now keeps that get-out-of-jail-free card, Gene, as they move along yes. to the schedule. Because you're going to get to Charlotte, it would seem, even with one conference loss. And you didn't spend it today. So it just moves on down the line. Florida State now gets a bye week. Settle down. Enjoy next week, folks. You can just watch every other team yeah. in college football. You can go on vacation. You can do whatever you want. Then they return for Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and then mm. what a good time. I mean, this you couldn't. I mean, you would have liked the bye week obviously before Clemson, but in hindsight, perfect timing because Jordan's banged up. Obviously, he needs a little time to heal. You got two easier games coming up. I we've seen the drop off in the secondary, especially in the middle once Akeem Dent got hurt. Now you hope with two weeks to go. Hopefully by then Akeem Dent is good to go. Robert Scott, you pointed out you know not having not having him out there has been a, a difficulty for both pass protection and for run blocking on that side of the line at getting him back and plus it seems like somewhere in that middle of that third quarter at Boston College it seemed like the offense lost some of its mojo now they've seen little yeah. they had a little streak here and there against Clemson but it seems like they've missed a little something they need some time to get that back get clicking again uh, that maybe that's even Mike Norvell and that play calling. So I mean, it seems like the play yeah. calling's kind of taken a step back. So I think you have some time to look at some film. Okay, this is what we've done well. We haven't done well. So I think this comes absolutely perfect for Florida State. And then the fact that they're playing a couple teams that they should win easily at home, you get back home, that's a really good setup for Florida State. And there's no doubt that Mike Norvell was desperate in the running game. I mean, you know, the first play of overtime is a run to Jaheim Bell with Trey Benson leading the way as a blocker. That's, yeah. I mean, I, I know that they broke that out earlier in the game. But that's a strange call to start yeah. over. That, that tells you that that shows you how desperate they are to get something going in the running game. I got to believe that when they're crunching film over the next week as a 4-0 football team, everybody, cheers. Every time we say 4-0, take a drink tonight. That's the new rule. Every time we say 4-0, take a drink. There we cheers. go. As they're, as they're crunching the film over the next couple of weeks, Gene, on offense, it's about how the hell do we start to run the ball? Because yeah. that's going to open up so much more. Right now, it's just jump ball city. Uh, this is not an enjoyable product aesthetically, <laughs> but it got the job done today, Gene. And even though you know they, they have a splash play to Johnny Wilson third quarter, it's 41 yards, I think it was, to start the, the second half. That's the only reason that they score at all um, before you get to overtime. After that play to Johnny, they ran 17 plays over the next three drives and the conclusion of the field goal drive. They averaged less than three yards of play. You had two three and outs, one five-play drive, and basically nothing after the completion to Johnny. So this is, And one of them was a, 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 an illegal formation play, again, which they had two more of those, and you got to clean that crap up. So th there's a lot to get to on offense. Mm -hmm. But you're doing so with the get-out-of-jail-free card and a top-five ranking and a the monkey off of your back. Gene, Mike Norvell had done everything else in terms of beating rivals at Florida State, but he hadn't done this yeah. one until today. This is just a big moment for the program. It really is. I mean, this, like you said, it's the last thing kind of on the checklist now. And the next thing is obviously to win the ACC, I think, is on the checklist. And then hopefully aspirations beyond the ACC. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. But no, it was a... Especially it's nice when you win games when you're not at your best and your backs are against the wall and you're playing a desperate team and you're able to come out with a W. So this was absolutely huge for the resume of Mike Norvell and for this team to go into this. I mean, it, it's absolutely a perfect scenario uh, the way this played out for Florida State. We all, I think we all thought beginning of the season, Tom, we're all thinking they're three and one at this point between LSU and Clemson. You're probably two really good teams. You probably split those two. 
So you like you say, you're sitting there with that. You got that chip in your pocket right now to pull out at any time mm-hmm. you need in case you get that loss. But I mean, it keeps alive. I think to me, really, the you can you can run the table, especially if they can get healthy and then clean up some of this stuff in that second half of the season. Although I will say that second half of the slate looks a little bit more difficult than maybe we thought. Yes. Preseason. We're going to talk. I'm sure a lot of the offseason talk or the bye week talk will be a lot about that. Duke is obviously a lot better. Miami suddenly has a pulse. Florida beating Tennessee. Suddenly they look like that's going to be a tough game down in the swamp. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but you, you put yourself in a position to do some great things this season. So you're absolutely right. They've got the wins over the big three rivals now for Mike Norbell. And, uh, yeah, I, I just – it's hard. Like you said, I will feel better about this thing yeah. once I've calmed down from how crappy they played on both sides of the ball <laughs> in this game. Yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't it, – it's a win, but it's hard to make it feel like a win, but we'll take it. Folks, you're, you're right to feel whatever you want to feel right now. But if you're, if you're in between, take the joy. Use the joy in this moment. There's yeah. plenty of time to be critical. And you're right. You're right to be critical. But if we said to you before the season started mm-hmm. that they'd be 4-0 and there'd be serious flaws, would you take it? Everybody would take 100%. it. Everybody would. I saw Eric Angel jump in the chat and say that no call-in show, F the Zebras, but he's not going to be calling in today. <laughs> so, Eric, thank you for getting your F-bomb in. Yes. Great sleep and win. It would be a post-game, Deluda post-game show without an F-bomb from our friend Eric Angel. So, Eric, enjoy whatever it is you're going to do today. Folks out there, tell us what you're drinking on. Tell us what you're doing with the rest of your day after, of course, you watch the rest of the War Chant Game Day post-game call show presented by Deluna Coffee. Let's wipe up the phone number underneath here, underneath us. It's 850-805-5911. 850-805-5911, extension 4-0. That's where we are. Uh, right oh, 4-0, that's a drink. I did it. Thank you, Gene. Yeah. I wasn't even going to follow my uh, my own rule here. I played a few drinking games in my age. I'm, I'm sharp when it comes to that stuff. Uh, Gene is sneaky good at drinking games, folks. If you haven't seen him out and about, you should challenge him next time. You oh, see thanks, him. Tom. I appreciate that. <laughs> Problem is, I'm, I don't know what the kids, the flip cup and all that. Not so, much. so let's go back to quarters, old school, that kind of yep. stuff. I don't think anybody even plays quarters anymore. No, but we used to on the Man Cave show. I'll play a game That's of right. quarters. You know what, Gene? Yeah. How about in Charlotte? Let's tape a game of quarters. You, let's uh, let's get the War Chance staff. There we go. Got to get the Man Cave show back. Have Eric Angel out there in the background dropping F-bombs. We'll have some fun. There we go. That's what this is about today, folks. We're having fun. Now, you're going to take the wheel here. You callers are. You're going to light up the phone lines here in a moment. We're going to take a break in just a second. But wherever it is that you want to go today, we will go. You're right to feel concerned. You're right to feel elated. You're right to say, I don't give a damn today. Florida State is undefeated. They beat LSU in a neutral side game. They beat Clemson on the road, and now they have the inside track to the ACC championship and to the playoff if they can continue to grow. There are warts, though, so it's a, it's a, it's a mess to unpack. We can't wait to hear from you on the War Chant Game Day post-game show. You yeah. saw that, Jamel. I got to say, it's, it's the best feeling world. Jamel just posted he's, well, he's leaving Clemson Stadium right now. I mean, how, how good a feeling that when you go oh. to a place like that, when those fans were so wound up. Yeah, Jamel, man, that, I, I – that is the best feeling in the world as a fan when you're doing that and you get to leave that stadium and all those dejected fans. And I'm sure you're chanting FSU on your way out and just, Oh, that's the best feeling in the world. It, you know, and Gene, here's the thing is, is they <laughs> took, and yes, uh, the tiger King in more way than one, oh, more man. ways than one right now for Mike Norvell, uh, director Ben on the graphic there. So, Gene, <laughs> they take a gut punch with the Kalen Deloach, you know, force fumble scoop and score, but then they rally from that. We don't do anything with it. And they yeah. drive the field. They have the clock in hand. It's a good situation for them. They stall a little bit, but it's a 29-yard field goal. No big deal. This is a great story. The kid came out of uh, 
retirement, and he only had kicked three extra points in his career, but he looked okay today. And then there's a miss, but we get to overtime. I'm sure they're still feel, still feeling good. So if you're walking out of the stadium today, I don't know that Clemson fans believe that they could lose, like in their heart of hearts, until the game was over. That's got to be really elating as a fan because you didn't lead until Keon Coleman catches the touchdown pass. Florida State did not lead today until overtime. What a wacky way to win, Gene. You've been at, walking out of yeah. a lot of stadiums in your time. This would be a, a unique one, even if a fan's been around since the 70s or the 80s. I'm trying to think of any uh, games where FSU was, you know, I might need to bring, if we bring Corey and we'll see who we get, one of our guys that's in Clemson, we'll, you know, later we'll get a call either from Ira or Corey who'll check in from Memorial Stadium. I'm just trying to think of a game like this where FSU was really on the ropes the whole time, never led, yeah. Yeah. and then pulled it out at the end like this. It just, it, it just is kind of unprecedented for Florida State. Maybe some of our chatters can come in and give us, give us an example of a game like this where Florida State was effectively trailing the entire game and never led in regulation but still pulled out a win. I don't know if it was actually the case that they trailed the entirety of the game, but last time they beat Clemson, it felt like that. You know, John McGuire, quarterback. Yeah. Um, they had moved from Cole Stout to Deshaun Watson. They kind of controlled the flow of the game. The, oh, my God, we got the ball back. You think the game's over? And then you win in overtime. You had the ball second in overtime that that go around. So it was a walk-off touchdown run uh, mm-hmm. to win 23-17. to 17. But, Gene, I mean, you know, I, I went to school at Florida State now 17 years ago. I can't remember too many of these. You know, that's a lot of games. And this is one that we're going to remember for a long time, and we get to remember during a bye week. So kick back, relax, everybody. We're going to take your calls in just a moment for the 2,000 of you that are here. Mash the like button. We want to get to 1,200 likes today. Come on, guys. 1,200 like likes on a 4-0 and Saturday. We'll be right back after this in the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show. Brewed up by DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, Warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish O'Fell, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall featuring 560 inches of flat-screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber only shows featuring the entire staff, a little QA with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at warchant.com. It's not close. Let's go get it on. Sign up today. 
a longtime supporter of Warchant.com programming and Florida State Athletics, DeLuna Coffee proudly presents you the Warchant Game Day postgame call-in show. FSU alumni owned and operated, DeLuna Coffee's Ed and Brett Lemmix have a combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry. DeLuna Coffee's claim to fame is their Blue Angels blend, known as the first ever food or beverage item to be licensed by a military branch. A percentage of proceeds from the Blue Angels blend, Midnight Shift, and High Noon Lawman's blend go to the U.S. Navy, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation program, the Rally Foundation of Pensacola, and the Escambia County Sheriff's Foundation, respectively. For a limited time only, DeLuna Coffee's Voodoo Dark Espresso Blend is buy one, get one free. Head over to DeLunaCoffee.com to check out that deal, as well as the Warchant Pick Your Poison Bundle. From west of I-4 all the way through the Florida Panhandle, look for DeLuna Coffee in your local Publix in the Florida Locals section. You can also always head to DeLunaCoffee.com today. A lot of people locked in with us on a Saturday with a loaded college football slate. It'll be a lot easier, Gene, to watch the end of the three. Mm, How much fun tonight watching Notre Dame, Ohio State, when you just know FSU sitting there four zero with a bye week coming. This is this is what it's all about, and it's been a while since we've been here, so kick back and enjoy. We've got some folks to thank in the super chat before we light up the phone lines. Director Ben, go ahead by all means. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. Mark says, "Good win, but we got to tighten up the deep ball." Agreed, Mark. Thank you for the contribution. How about less deep balls. <laughs> no, Kev. This team is a very good team, but I think they have a step to take to be a great team. Proud of them, though. Go Knowles, four zero. Good take, No, Kev. Thanks for always being here in the post game show. We appreciate you. John says, "Entire DL should break the rock and put Fuller on top of it first. Goodness, oh, that would be something. <laughs> I don't and- know. Doesn't Deloach break the rock? Don't you think?" Oh, he has to. He has to. And you know what? Kudos to Adam Fuller in the second half to say, what the hell were we doing? Let's play more man-to-man and blitz. Okay. Can we start the game doing that moving forward? Pete says, number four, my man. Nice hit. Well, that was a hell of a hit. That that really was. And how many times were they so close to landing a shot just like that? How about Bethune again? Every every game he has one knockout in the quarterback. When Klubnick tried to take off and run, he shot out of a cannon. Yep. Run game needs to improve quick, but FSU doesn't win this type of game the past 10 years. Pass game needs to stop with so many big play attempts. Use guys. Nick, we agree. 100% good take. A couple more. Uh, Joshua Deloach deserves most of the praise, but Patrick Payton balled out. Great point, Joshua. Payton had a very, very nice day today. Three tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, at least two key deflections. Also, uh, quite a few non-called holds. Patrick Payton, I think, uh, deserved better. Good call out, Joshua. You're right. Glad to see him step up. Yep. Uh, FSU fan 1993, 4-0! Oh, oh, oh. God's repaid. Oh, yep. Gene is so good at this. Thank you. Uh, the football gods repaid FSU for all the missed calls. Some of the worst ACC officiating ever. I'm telling you, Gene, as, as it goes and we get farther away from this game, you're going to see there's like eight of them where you go, really? Going to be that kind of a day. Yep. Zero PI calls when they're arm barring and drilling our wide receivers. Okay. Suck it, Clemson. Oh, there it is. Can't wait to hear Jeff. Can we get hashtag suck at Clemson and start trending on, on X? There you go. Yeah, it's like uh, Kenny Dillingham. Uh, he, he wanted to get a recruit to Tallahassee. <laughs> uh, hashtag suck at Clemson. Go for it right now. I was sick yep. of Dabo's smirk smile. He had a lot of reasons to smirk and smile yeah. until the very end of the game. Official 3D trait. One more. How about, how about him chewing out his DC? That was awesome on national TV. Yep. He you also see that very often. He also dogged his freshman quarterback for the second time, saying we need one yard on the third and one yeah. in overtime. He he killed him for sliding too early in the Duke game uh, when they turned the ball over on the on the hit on the quarterback. 
So I get it. Like, he needs to be better, Dabo, but, man, you're yeah. putting everybody on front street. Last one before we go to the calls. Jonathan Cook, 4-0, and we haven't even taken the playbook off the desk. 4-0 again. I think they're trying to get a strong time. I think they are. Hashtag go route, go route, go route. I agree. Yeah, I think they're just calling the Hail, yeah. Hail Mary play in Madden and just chucking it up there sometimes. <laughs> this, did you not have nightmare visions of Jeff Bowden and Greg Carr? I mean, yeah. I remember. I think I think it was a Maryland game. I don't even remember the year, but I just remember it was the same damn play call over and over. It was just down the sideline to Greg Carr to Greg Carr the whole game. Yeah, and they end up losing that game. I, you know, the, the middle of the field can be open for business. They used it a couple of times today, but you know, Gina, like the little dump off they did. The one play Benson had was a little, you know, the little screen, mm-hmm. little dump off, and he made a nice little run. I mean, get your your guys like him and Toa Feely and Ronnie Hill, get them the ball out in space on short plays and let them do what they do well. I mean, I I just didn't – or like you mentioned, the slot receivers. I've got to go back and look when we get the PFF grades and see how many times these guys line up in the slot. I don't know. We're just running 12 the whole time, Tom. Are there slot receivers where they out there? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I want to see the snap count. I, yeah. I'd like to see the snap count of how many times they're out there, period. We were in two tights all day. Um, you know, Gene, there was one play. It was a third down in the second half where Toofili releases. I think he's going to – I mean, it's going to be a, a shot down the field, but it's a blitz from Clemson that pro, that doesn't provide Jordan the time. It's where he throws it over the middle, and we're kind of lucky to not throw an interception mm-hmm. there, yeah. and he ended up punting. Uh, but uh, it, it's – there's a lot to clean up on offense. Let's talk to the callers now. Let's yep. get to the callers. And for the 118th time in the history of War Chant television broadcast, we go to the 757 for the one, the only, Gator Kirk. Welcome to the program, Gator Kirk. Let's go, baby. Let's go, oh, Gator that's Kirk. How we do it. That's how we keep climbing. We won in spite of all the diversity, whether it was adversity whether it was with us or them or stripies so here's my question i hope you guys are doing well what were you most impressed with other than the deloach play on defense a defensive play and an offensive play and the winning catch uh well that's good other than those two can i can i say fitzpatrick's field goal I mean, that was a that was a pretty long one, and that was, you know, he came – I don't know if he makes that last year, and that was – I mean, at the end of the day, that ended up keeping Florida State in the game. Oh, let me give some backup. Gator, stay with us, because I, I want you to react to this and give us what, what your answer would be. So hang on a minute. Uh, you know, 50-51 was the outer limit of what Fitzy could do in camp. So when they're lining up from 48, I turn to my wife, Jamie, and I say, I don't know. It's, I mean, on the road in this atmosphere, that's the outer limits. He boots the shit out of that ball, team. Yeah, it was a little to the right. He got through, but, yeah, he had plenty of leg. I mean, that was good from 58. That's yeah. that's as long a kick as, I, as I've seen him make. It was thundered. It looked like it was going to go wide right, and then it tucked its way in. Uh, that was a good one for me. So we I won the say, kicking game, and I think that was something going in. I know you. I think you and uh, Jeff mentioned that in the uh, pregame show, talked about how the one-decided advantage FSU actually has the advantage in the kicking game, and we saw that. That came through. I would answer Josh Farmer. There are four or five plays where he just destroys the inside. Yeah. He gets held a bunch. I mean, like, he made a lot of impact plays. So if it just looking at one player who stood out a lot, especially in that first half, I thought Josh Farmer, when the defense didn't play well, he was outstanding. But, uh, Gator, what did you think? How would you answer that question? I, I would say Fitzy, even though I don't watch any field goals or extra points. <laughs> so I, I didn't see it. Um, and, God, defensively, Man, that's a that's a tough one because 
There's a lot of I mean, I, I would say the last play when it was fourth and two in overtime, yep. and we brought some pressure, and he had to make a, a bad decision and had to just throw it away. So I'll, I'll give that one to Adam Fuller. I'll give I'll give Adam Fuller one, even though his defense drives me crazy with the bend don't break. But made enough plays to win. Thank God for number four. And we're Keon Coleman and O. That's right. Yes. Oh, no. Look I don't know. That. Does that does that apply, Tom? Or no? Look at that. Hey, this is. I think this, that's a great. That? This is why we turn it over to the callers. Gator, thank you very much. We appreciate the call. Yeah, four is a magic number today. Yep. Eon Coleman with the winning score. He scored earlier in the game, which I don't know why the hell Clemson only rushed three in that situation. They'd been getting good pressure. Uh, so two touchdowns for Keon and then a touchdown for Kalen Deloach. It was written in the stars that you would have four at the end of the day. So cheers, everybody, to that. Thank you, Gator Kirk. I'll get my sip after I introduce the next caller for today. Uh, we're going to go. He's been waiting for 20 minutes already. You mm -hmm. folks were ready to go, and I appreciate how fired up y'all are. Let's go to Jacksonville and talk to Sean. Sean in Jacksonville, welcome to the program. Tom and Gene, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Big win. Let's go. <laughs> hey, middle of the field, I counted one pass mm. the entire game. We got I want to get mm. y'all's thoughts on what we do to address that. A lot of wheel route, sideline stuff. We got to fix that. Two. Keon Coleman talks about those 50-50 balls are more like 80-20. I was starting to think he was the 20, but he made up for it in overtime. Great job. And then everybody, PSA, book your hotel, book your flight. Charlotte, New Orleans, Pasadena, Houston, still some good refundable rates out there. Get your tickets, and I look forward to seeing you all out there. All right. That's a great call from Sean. Thank you, Sean. Now, Sean nailed it. I mean, get, get ready for Charlotte. It's hard to imagine – you know, they'd have to basically lose two ACC games to not do that at this point. But, you know, I mean, that middle of the field thing, it didn't, doesn't just go back to the BC game, Tom. We saw a lot of that, too, where it seemed like they were not. I My guess is, and let me, you're more of the X's and O's guys, but it, it's almost like Jordan's making that read that he has a matchup he likes with yeah. his two big wide receivers, and he's going to just, when he sees that, he every time he's going down the field with it instead of trying to do something a little easier underneath because he sees the potential for the big play. Yeah, I'd say if you know, I'm interested to look at the tic-tac-toe chart. Like these are the things I appreciate PFF for is when they chart things like that. So you look at the depth of the throws and, and where they are. It's basically a 12 box board, but it's it's like a tic-tac-toe board. If I had to guess, I'd say there were six to eight throws over the middle. Still not a ton, and a lot of them were, you know, late in the play where Jordan's kind of freaking out. Um, not a lot by design. And Gene, the thing I'd say is there is. There is going to be something that opens over the middle a lot in the Boston College game or in this game, but Jordan is just predetermining his read before the snap. He loves the one-on-one. -on -one. This offense is designed to give you one-on-ones, mm -hmm. but sometimes you can sit back there for an extra second, let a route develop, and somebody's going to come open. You know that's that's the nuance here. That um, you know Jordan, I thought he was okay today. Uh, the second quarter was heroic. He was a hero in the second quarter. But overall, he was just okay. There, there's a lot to improve on. That's the scary part here. You know, where this isn't as strong of an argument as I could make, Gene, after the LSU game, which is look at that second half. Yikes, everybody. Like that second half against LSU is looking more like the outlier than the norm. Mm -hmm. But it's still in there. It's still in there. And the middle of the field is a key. But then also you can tell that Mike Norvell's rhythm, Gene, is just completely off because they can't run the football. He's, he's out of sync because yeah. they can't get what they're expecting to get out of the ground game. I thought today, Gene, they'd be able to run on Clemson. I think there were some things there that the backs didn't hit. 
but also the defensive line for Clemson did a better job this year against Florida State than they did last year. We ran the ball better against Clemson last year at home than we did today on the road. That's just a fact. It's nuts. Yeah, 146 rushing yards for Clemson, 22 for Florida State. Hmm. I mean, the Mike Norvell team to rush for 22 yards um, is just unheard of. And this isn't, you know, this isn't the team he adopted that was just a, had no offensive line and, and no game breakers. I mean, this is a, you know, people talk about Trey Benson. These other players are NFL players. Some of these these offensive linemen, the most experienced offensive line in the country. Now, I know you're without Robert Scott, but still yep. to manage pretty much nothing. I think he had one. I think Benson had one 12 yard run. I don't know if there's anything more than five yards the entire game after that. Yeah. On that one run. I mean, it was nothing. You were getting one, two yards pretty much every single time you ran the football. It's it's ridiculous in terms of the middle of the field. Clemson had no problem doing that slant route over and over and over. It's amazing that yeah. we saw not effectively none. Like you said, some of those couple of those middle throws were not on design plays, which is just, again, a little bizarre to me. So Clemson won more one-on-ones in man than I thought they were going to win on the outside. Like Fentrell didn't have a great day. Greedy Vance no, turned a guy loose. Half, he got torched several times. Yeah, uh, Azarie was late on one. He was he was shifting over with the motion. He's late, and he allows the guy to run right by him. That's also in the first half. Uh, Greedy turns a guy loose on a big third down situation. It's just pitch and catch. But, Gene, there were some uh, slants or over-the-middle throws we're running some sort of zone or passing off with a pattern match. Like I, I really, this is not somewhere where I'm versed in terms of the knowledge of what you would call it, but I know what I'm looking at, which is a linebacker in a corner trade off a guy or, or a safety in a corner uh, pass one guy off to the other. And then it's just a simple ass read. This is happening mostly in the first half. They didn't do it very much in the second half. I think they changed it, just play more man to man and bring more pressure. But in the first half, these are simple reads that Cade Klubnick made. I mean, these are wide-open throws, mm-hmm. angle routes out of the backfield to Shipley at least twice, once to the tight end over the middle. We actually hit him on the play, but he continued to make the throw. That's how they get inside the five-yard line. I'm not exactly sure the terminology of it. All I know is that it won't work, and it, it wasn't doing anything close to what it was designed to do. When they went to man, they had more success, but they still lost too many one-on-ones against the Clemson receiver group that's green at best. Mm-hmm. If you, if you want to you want to term it not good, I think – they got freshmen, Gene, that are going to be good players, but that's a green group to go against a bunch of veterans and win as many battles as they Yeah, can. I'll be curious because one of the, the stats PFF gives us is the 50-50 balls, the contested catch, uh, and I'll be curious how many Clemson had. Obviously, you know, I think Florida State, they got a couple, yeah, but I think the percentage will be low. They weren't 50-50 balls for Florida State. They haven't been the last. I think Florida State against BC was like 0 out of 5 on them. Um, and maybe they were two out of seven or something. I'm guessing something like that in this game. And then the other side of the ball, Clemson had a high percentage, and that should not be the case. Like you said, this is not their best receiver was out. These are some young, inexperienced guys. Your second year, for the most part, is pretty experienced, but they were winning a lot of those battles, and that's what it seemed like. Again, they played like a desperate team. Their back was to the ball. They were playing hard because they knew they absolutely had to have this win, which is all the more impressive that Florida State was able to pull this thing off. It, it Winning those battles, the inability to run, and basically trailing for almost the entire game. So now it's a headliner, and I don't mean seminal headlines, but you can find here at Warchan TV on Tuesday at 1 o'clock. It's just a headliner of a caller. This is one of our favorite guys. Haven't heard from him this year. Last time we heard from him was the bowl game postgame show. This is 100-proof football. He's calling from the high country of Wyoming, and he said since 7 o'clock local time, he'd been sipping on some heavy stuff. Cannot wait to hear what he has to say. A lot of wisdom from 100 Proof Football. Let's see what uh, the ABV is like. 100 Proof Football, welcome to the program. Yo. 
Yo, so good to hear from y'all. For all my bourbon heads out there, I cracked the good stuff this week and cracked the Weller 107 Antique. For my bourbon heads out there, doing it from 7 a.m., that was 9 a.m. Tallahassee time because, you know, the kickoff was 10 a.m. my time, Mountain Zone. You know what I mean? But, hey, it's great to be 4 Oh, I'm loving these callers. They're putting some good, uh, good perspective in there with Fitz magic that was really that really might have been the most clutch moment of of the show but cheers to all y'all cheers i'm yes i love seeing the host take a swig because you know i'm taking one too so i would like to point out a few things so I'm, you know i'm an analytical guy and i'm also a party guy so listen here the first thing is i don't want to sound too salty but maybe Keon is he going to post his how many drops he had on the first drive of the game when we were having a chance to take the lead and he was hit open for the first down and then he dropped that pass. I don't know if he's going to put that football on his Twitter, but I'm going to move on from that. My main beef from the game is this, you guys, is that, look, we have one of the best D-lines in college football. We do. It's not hyperbole. We really do. But I feel like, look, Clemson didn't hit a single pass over 20 yards. They had one that went more than 20 yards, but the completion was like 12 to 16 yards, and he ran for the rest of it. We didn't play enough press coverage. If you play press and not off on these people, because they're afraid to give up the big play. If you play press, then you give the D-line a chance to make a play. But all these completions were made underneath, and then they ran for the extra yard. That was driving me crazy all game because your strength on defense is the D-line, and you build it to the front, to the back, and the strength is the D-line. So give them time. Jared Burst, Mel Kuyper, everybody knows he's one of the top players in the draft. He has no time to make a play because the D-backs are giving the underneath routes open. They're afraid to give it the big play because of what you've seen against Boston College, what you've seen against LSU that they dropped. Because LSU had a bunch of plays they dropped that was wide open big. Even Southern Miss did. did. So that's what they got to fix. I'm, 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 we won today, so I don't want to crucify Fuller like that. But damn it. Damn it, Fuller. Damn it, man. There's, there is something missing. On this, if we're going to be a national championship team, we got to play national championship defense, and we're not doing it. We're not doing it. I think 2022 J. Trav is better than 2023 so far. Is that? Please don't boot me. Please don't kick me off for saying that. So far, 2022 J. Trav found all the open receivers. 2023 J. Trav going for the big shots. Today we saw how many times he's overthrowing people. Like, there's there's other uh, routes to be hit, but even when he's going for the shots, he's he's not giving him a chance to to make the play. So it's 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 a little disconcerting, and also not to be too overcritical because yo, everybody listening, we are four and zero. Oh, take a drink, take a sip. I'm doing it right now. Let's take a sip. Hold on. Cheers to the nose. Four and zero. Oh. oh. But oh, Jay Trav is still afraid to keep the ball. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if you watched last week in Boston College when we didn't make the conversion and we got the face mask to keep the drive going. Had he kept the ball, it was 20 yards. So there's a few things we got to get cleaned up. And and the only reason I'm being hard on this team is because this talent-wise is a national championship caliber team. But the pieces have to fall in line in the right way to make it happen. So all I'm saying is I'm so glad to be 4-0. I'm so proud of this team because they are hungry. They fight. They have put the work in. They deserve today's win. But I feel like the coaches might not have put them in the best place to make it happen. Y'all tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. God bless y'all. Much love to War Chant. Shout out to all y'all. Thank you, 100 Proof Football. Thank you. I, I'm taking notes. When 100 Proof speaks, I take notes. There you go. Well, we'll uh, we'll get to those notes in just a second. Yeah. Some folks to, to thank here uh, with major contributions to the program. We've got uh, three of them. And, and everybody's contribution is greatly appreciated. Yeah, we, do. we don't have to do this. But, Director Ben, if you've got uh, a few of those, we'll take them. Kim, first yeah. of all, Kim, uh, just, again, I hope to see you at an event this year. Enjoyed seeing you at the Kegtacular at Corner Pocket uh, last mm-hmm. December. We didn't have the energy to donate after last week. We are too old for this crap. Doubling this week. <laughs> love you, boys. We love you too, Kim. Say hi thank to Thank you, everybody. Kim. Well, uh, thank you very much for the contribution. Next up is Z-Chan, uh, the official uh, of WarChan TV. I don't need the stress of my life. 4-0. Cheers, Z-Chan. And on to the next one. Go Knowles. Stop the go route on every play. <laughs> next up, Jason. Oh, Jason, thank you. You're too kind, thank sir. Thank you. Glad wow. to get the monkey off our back. Go Knowles, by any means necessary. And today was a very much a, a by any means kind of a day. Uh, thank you, Jason. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, Gina, I think, you know, Boston College, Florida State played a lot of off coverage, which didn't make sense because Castellano's arm wasn't going to scare you. Mm-hmm. They played a lot of, you know, the safeties, two of them back there in deep, everything underneath. And then they didn't match it, you know, in, in terms of up front, what they were trying to do to stop Boston College. It was a mess. Then today, the first half game plan was clearly thrown out at halftime. I don't know if that's Adam Fuller saying, what the hell am I thinking? We got to just pressure and play man. Or if that's Mike Norvell saying, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. We got to pressure and play man. Uh, That's still the head coach's call early in the week to say yay or nay on a defensive game plan. But we came out with what I thought was a flawed game plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one other thing I would say, I, I agree with 100 proof in terms of allowing the defensive line to eat. The more pressure you have up at the line of scrimmage with the corners, the more time they have to operate. Gene, they ran 79 plays, I think Clemson did. You know, I hear a lot about our conditioning. We sub way too much. Gilbert yeah. Edmond and Byron Turner are on the field way. Oh, Omar Graham, how long was he out there? It is, I mean, your star players, this is the ball game is 17-17. You got backups in there. There's a scramble that Klubnik has where Byron gets his arm on him and then he rolls right and he ends up scrambling for whatever, 15 yards. Let that happen when Jared's on the field and Patrick. Yeah, he's not getting out of Jared. Jared gets a hold of him. He's going down. Well, yes, but even if it's going to happen, let it happen with my best defensive ends on the field. Are we just poorly conditioned? I'm going to ask it. Or are they still sick? Like, what's going on there? The snap count is way too low in a game like this. With a bye week next week, you got to have your stars out there for the big moments of the game. It ends up working out in the end. But I think those are two things that that really make me kind of antsy. 
And I hope that moving forward, we see a better rotation when we play, you know, games that, that are going to be close down the stretch. Your best players need to be on the field in those moments, Gene. That's a, that's a great point on the substitution. And I will look forward to seeing that PFF. They've got all the, the, the snap counts for everybody on there. So that'll be interesting to see. So that's a really good point. I, I love Hunter Proof talking about the press coverage because it seemed like for two straight games, they've had that kind of philosophy. And he says that helps you. And it's a great point. Helps your defensive line take advantage of that play to your strength. And we're not doing that right now. So I like that. And I think, look, I think Travis is not a hundred percent. Obviously it seemed like since that BC, since he hurt his shoulder and I think it's affecting his ability to throw it's effect. He's not running. It takes away an element of your offense. Cause he's not, they know he's not going to run. He's not apt to go out and run that said still, whether that's him, whether it's a play calling or both, the Chuck plays down the field have to stop constantly. I get it. I get you're in love with Keon Coleman and Johnny, Johnny Wilson, maybe the two best combo in the country. It could be, yeah. but there's nothing wrong with dumping the ball off underneath to your tight end, you know, do get your tight end out there for five. You know, they did a couple times with Morlock early. It worked well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with those plays. Keep the change. move. we talked about, it seems two games in a row, the defense has been on the field for so much. And the reason why is because yep. when you score, it's a four-play drive because you're chucking the ball down the field. And when you don't, it's a three and out. You're putting your defense right back out on the field, yep. controlling. There's something to be said for controlling the ball a little bit more and moving those chains. So I'm hoping with that bye week, that is something they will resolve. But they have to sit Jordan down and say, look, I get it. Not every play has to be a deep play, even if you have a good matchup with one of your two big stud wide receivers. They can have these conversations as an undefeated football team. I'm not going to fall into my own drinking game trap. I so. was like, ready? I was already <laughs> ready for you, Tom. I'll take uh, a drink anyway. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, I mean, you're drinking the good stuff, Gina. You can never get enough of that. Yeah. Uh, but they can have these conversations as an undefeated football team. That's the good news. I'm going to come back to result over process a little bit today. Be emotional. Be a fan. Enjoy this. How long have we waited to be a top five team in the country? I mean, and this is where we are now. Again, the inside track to Charlotte, the inside track, as I believe Sean and Jacksonville said, you know, get those refundable rates now for everything mm-hmm. from Charlotte all the way to Houston. Why not make those bookings happen right now? Because, Gene, we were pining to be 4-0 before the season started. And here Florida State is undefeated going into the bye week. That's just very, very impressive. And even better, Dion is now down three touchdowns for the people who care about that stuff. You know, I didn't pull the trigger on that number. I wish I had. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Obviously, not having Travis Hunter, I think, affects the game as well. Just- I don't think it would have made a difference. I mean, they're. Oh, no. Now. They were going to lose. Not- they were going to lose. I just mean in terms of the 21, 21 and a half. Right, right. you know, that makes it a lot more uh, juicy. And yet I did not pull the trigger on it. Uh, we now go to Tallahassee to talk to Tony in Tallahassee. He has called uh, a couple times this year. We talked to him last week, in fact. Tony, welcome back to the program. Hey, uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, hey, Gene, how's it going? Uh, Gene had touched on out of sync on the offensive play call. I kind of wanted to touch a little of my observations on that. We, you know, go for the high percentage, well, low percentage completion, but the chuck and duck on first down, now it's second and 10. And I, I don't understand the play calling with Lawrence Tolafili, a scat back trying to hesitate his way right into the offensive line, and it goes for nowhere. And we don't use our slot receivers, you know, get four, get five, make third down manageable. Now you're third and 10. Now you're out. De- defensively, Clemson, I think, is what, number three in the country and three and outs on the year. So you're already going up against, you know, formidable defense by that stat. You're playing into their strength. And we don't – I think Jordan's got too many weapons, and he's in love with just the two outside, and he doesn't know where to go. Maybe he's like that kid on Christmas Day, and he doesn't know what present to open first. 
but he, he needs to start to gather that back in. Um, and then I'll leave my last thing. I, I know I like to lead in on Adam Fuller, so I can't not get his two cents in on that. But is there any way you can confirm with anybody? Someone had told me he'd run to the locker room before that the Loach blitz and fumble. And I'm pretty sure he was, you know, not in on that play call. But anyway. Uh, what was that? What last? Hey, Tony, Tony, go ahead with that last part one more time. Sorry. Go ahead. Fuller was on the field. confirmation from someone on the ground there that Fuller was probably in the locker room on that blitz play for the touchdown (laughs) because uh, I I don't think he was responsible for any part of that. Wow. Well, we've got, you know, we'll hopefully get Corey or Ira, Tony, uh, from Memorial Stadium here shortly. We'll ask him that question because Ira is the man with the binoculars. If anybody's going to know, it'll be Ira. He's kidding. Tony's just kidding. Saying what was that call? That's that's all right, Tony. You got me. I fell for that one. So Tony, you know, Scotch. The, the thing I, <laughs> it's only the first hour of the show. Um, I don't care. He, he, yeah, no, we don't today. We don't, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I'll let somebody else do the swearing. I already got my one in for today. He called a ton of blitzes in the second half, a ton of them. And they didn't get home. A couple of them, he got hits on, even in the first half, he got a hit on the quarterback. Um, I'm talking to Jeff. He wants to join the show. We're going to get him in. So yeah, this yeah. is uh, one, one guy who's going to join the show. Uh, but this one got home. This one did, and it made all the difference in the game. Uh, you know, the, the Toa Feely play you're talking about, I think, Tony, and I appreciate the call, is a second and 10. It's in the first half. Guys, I'm telling you, upon the rewatch, you will see it's a counter play. It's going right. He sees a wide open middle of the field. That's not where it's designed to go because you've got, if you're an offensive lineman, the, the leverage on the defensive line on the wrong shoulder. It's not where you need to go. He, his eyes get big because he sees an opening up the middle. If he follows that play to the right, it is a long, long run. I'm not trying to be Jimbo from 2015 saying it's out the gate. All I'm saying is that is where the play is supposed to go. Now, this film will tell them maybe they can't trust Lawrence Toafili to do that in that situation. But, Gene, any running back who follows on that particular play, it's not just you know third and 11. It's going to be a big play, a big splash play. So whatever sequencing issues they have or, or chemistry issues or whatever it is, they're out of sync in the running game. There are big plays there would, that would make us feel better. They've got to find the running back, though, that's going to be able to pull that off, Gene, because when you're turning to Jaheim Bell to be part of your two-back set and Trey Benson's your lead blocker, that tells me you are desperate. You're yeah, desperate. That, that seemed almost too desperate. I mean, I know Rodney Hill got a couple carries. <clears throat> Lawrence did, and like you, you said, he kind of messed up on one or two runs as well. But we saw this going back to BC. It seemed like there was a lot of rushing yards left on the table because guys simply weren't following where the hole was meant to go. And they decided to cut it back in or go a different direction and kind of freelance on the run. I don't know what's going on there, but that's something that needs to be cleaned up. And also just on the Chuck plays too, it seemed like one of the things we saw in practice that they do so well is just getting the ball out to their playmakers in space, whether it's in the middle or to the sides or whatever these guys. And Again, it's the Christmas analogy that was brought out there. Yeah, it seems like you're enthralled. You got two, you got a dozen gifts, but you're you're only playing with two of them. Yep. You know, spread it out, spread out the love a little bit. Yeah, the uh, the number one worry I had in this offseason was you have so many weapons. What are you, and what are you going to be? And I, and I think Gene, it's fair to say right now at an undefeated four and zero start to the season that Florida State still doesn't have an identity on offense outside of deep shots. And, and Jordan, you know, being streaky, yeah. they don't have an identity. Like if I asked Eugene, what is Florida state's offense? How would you define that? Chuck and duck. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of what the right now, the last two games, at least it has been, I saw, 
a totally diverse. It seemed like against Southern Miss and LSU, I saw different offense. It seems like all of a sudden, I don't know what's happened. Maybe since he got hurt, Jordan, he's just going to a security blanket, and that's just, hey, I got a good matchup with Jordan, or I got a good matchup with uh, Johnny, or I got a good matchup with Keon. I'm just going to go that way. I don't know. Again, bye week couldn't have come at a better opportunity. Yep. Uh, folks out there, this is for you out there. I'm just asking you to respond in your own living rooms, on your phone, in the car. If you're at Clemson watching this, well, I mean, tailgate and live it up for the next couple of hours. Yep. What are the most beautiful three words in the English language? They're not I love you. No, you're about to hear them from our next guest from the wildly popular Jeff Cameron Show. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Whoa! Suck it, Clemson! <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. I will drink to that. Cheers, uh... Jeff. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Uh, had to had to do the right thing. We asked uh, people asked about it all week long. I said I would do it. So great job in the post game as always, guys. Had it on in the background while I was watching uh, Dion take this ass beating, and um, just thought I would check in and say hello and celebrate uh, a win that didn't seem very likely. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this question: uh, Are you choosing to be happy with the result over the process right now? And if not, why? Oh, I absolutely am going to take the result because they're going to a bye week and they can fix these problems. They're clearly hurt, guys. Jordan's not right. It's obvious. No design run calls for him basically this whole game. Um, Settling on -on one-on-ones. This is not the Mike Norvell offense we've ever seen. Even when they were bad, this isn't the offense. So there are problems, uh, but there are problems, and then there are problems when you're 4-0 heading to a bye, right? So mm-hmm. I'll take 4-0. Let's fix our problems as we head to the bye and get healthy. And cheers. You win playing your C-minus game. That's mm-hmm. bad news, Clemson. That's bad yeah. news. You're at home with the lead the whole day. Florida State couldn't run the ball to save their life, and they won this football game. If I'm a Clemson fan, flip it on your head for a second, everybody out there. As mad as you might be with this Florida State offense, and I am, as upset as you are watching us play third down defense, and it's upsetting, think about this. You're Clemson. You're up. You dominate the vast majority of the game, and you lose. And your boy wonder, the Hollywood ending, misses from 29 yards. You talk about a suck it. What a beautiful thing. I thought Sean McDonough was going to cry. He was so sad that the kid missed the kick. Fuck you, Sean. Woo! Didn't you know that was going to happen, though? Because McDonough, McDonough had a jinx for us earlier. Remember, he said on the opening drive, they'd scored whatever it was, nine straight games. And I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Of course, that time they went three and out right after he said that and had to punt. So he jinxed that. So he was doing it at the end. I'm thinking, this is, it's going to come back. The football gods are going to say, no, sir, you're not getting this field goal. You're going to miss this. And I thought Florida State had the opportunity. When they didn't go down and score at the end of regulation to win it, I thought it's done. Again, over and over, I thought this game was done. But, Jeff, to your point, I brought this up earlier. You could not have a better time for a bye week. You get Robert Scott back. You would think Akeem Dent, that middle of the secondary, has been atrocious the last couple of things. And you can figure out how to get that running game back that has just disappeared. And I think Mike Norvell needs to kind of go back and figure out some play calling stuff because the last game and a half has just been atrocious what they've been doing offensively. Yeah, clearly something's wrong, and they're off, off kilter. There's no doubt. They don't look anything like the team we saw in the second half against LSU, in which they were balanced, by the way. They really called a great game there. Give credit to Clemson, though. The defensive line dominated Florida yep. State's offensive line. I thought they played very well. I thought they had a good scheme for this game. Um, you know, I, I think that the Clemson's better than we've seen so far this year, and I think Florida State's got to get right. The good news is, again, 
to reiterate, just for people out there to know, I've actually had one and a half beers, so I'm good to go here. Just having some fun with everybody. Soon there will be many more consumed, but I will I will tell you that I, I, I think that I don't recall a time where Florida State could play as poorly as they did against a Clemson team that has recruited as well as they have and have the talent that they do, and that game was in their backyard. They came out and played well early, and to have Florida State come back and win the game has got to be just jarring for Clemson fans, and it's got to be comforting for Florida State fans to know that you're talented enough to play poorly and beat good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I don't think Florida State played a good first half against LSU and ended up dominating that game. I don't think they played a very good game, obviously, against Boston College and won the game. So you're winning games and you're not playing well. That's a sign that you've seriously upgraded who you are and the kind of talent you have to overcome that. But you do have to get right. If you get later in the year and you're still not playing well, you're going to lose. You're going to lose to Miami or you'll lose to Florida. You'll lose along the way if you continue to play like this. But the good news is you're 4-0. You've got to buy. Then you have Virginia Tech at home. You're going to be all right if you can get healthy and fix some of these problems. I'll tell you what I think Mike might be the most angry about, guys. How many times are you going to line up in an illegal formation? That's yeah. coaching. Yeah. That yeah. You cannot have that. That that reflects poorly on Mike. And I know you can see that look on his face. So these are the kinds of things you can get fixed because every time they convert on fourth down or third and long to a tight end, it gets called back for illegal formation. Let's let's sign it off in, in the right way, Jeff. Is your dad with an earshot? Mr. No, he just he actually Aww. just went to the store. He, <laughs> Why does he go? Does he need a rerun? run? What'd you see? Uh, he's getting a, a liquor run. He's getting oh, a run. Yeah. No, I was going to say, let's have a social, uh, you know, the cheers with Mr. Kev. Uh, we do I, listen, I'll show him the clip or something when he comes back. So we can cheers him now and I'll All rewind. Right. Can I rewind this thing? I'll do that. And yeah, uh, can. Yeah. yeah. Hey, cheers. Kev, cheers to my dad. Yeah. Hey, by the way, he was, it was funny for me to watch him. I thought he was going to have a stroke. He's getting up there in years. I'm like, Dad, settle down. He's like, this is ridiculous. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was very calm. I was doing a lot of grilling. I uh, had kind of come to the conclusion we were in deep trouble there midway through the third quarter, and I thought, well, we'll see what happens. I was a lot like Gene. I heard you guys in the background, and you, were, Gene, you were so frustrated when we first came. When you guys first came on, I could hear it in your voice, yeah. and it made me laugh. But exhale, brother. 4-0 won the game. We've got a lot of things to work on, but they are 4-0. And, and I go back to before the season began, uh, we all said if they were 3-1 and at this point, you'd be pretty damn yeah. happy. So mm-hmm. We'll take right. results so, in the process. Cheers, cheers to Thank one of the Jeff. great augers in the world, Mr. Cameron. To you. <laughs> cheers to yeah. you, Dad, and cheers to you, my fellow Knowles. Go Knowles. 4-0. Oh, 31-24, Tommy. <laughs> and you can listen to Jeff on the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show one three, right here on this channel on War Chant TV. All right, uh, so go ahead and subscribe. You can listen to Jeff and Tom every day yep. and get the your FSU fix. So great to hear from Jeff on that. I mean, the coaching thing, too. And I know we, we talked about a little bit at the outset, but I mean, talk about the coaching on the other side for Dabo. Yeah. I mean, to me, he blew this thing. I mean, I, I'm just going to be curious if you have access to what they write about Clemson or Clemson radio or sh- YouTube shows. I think he's going to take a lot of blame for this one because some of the play calling down the stretch, the the time management with the timeouts was atrocious yep. Yep. by him. I mean, they they if they play if they play that game straight up and not do some silly things on the stretch, Clemson is out of here with a win. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a game of chicken, Gene, on that fourth and ten where we're going to go. It's in kind of like a chaos. It, it reminds me of the end of a basketball game, you know, where, where somebody makes a shot and it's under five seconds. And are you going to inbound or are you going to call a timeout? And this is college, not NBA, where they advance the ball. 
So would you rather let chaos reign? Like think the end of the Duke game back in 2012 with Luke Laux to Michael yeah. Snare. Florida State just wanted to roll. Let's let's not set a play. Let's just let this ride. And Mike was going to do that on fourth and ten. And that's where Clemson spent their final timeout. And that was critical because you don't come away with that conversion. And it's just under 20 seconds to go. If they hit that run play up the middle, Gene, with a timeout, then you know there's 10, 11 seconds left on the clock for them to snap the ball, get it into somewhat kind of a field goal range. That kickoff specialist they have has a thunderous leg, and maybe you walk it off with him and not the grad student. So, you know, that's, again, you play. Yeah, they were saying he was kicking 70-yarders in practice. So, I mean, in warm-ups, I mean, the guy had the leg. It would have been worth a shot, so why not? Yep. Uh, Art, very good point. Uh, Mash Romano did a great job today. He did. Yeah, he was he was fantastic today. That's a great point. Hey, uh, what was – well, I'm punting. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tom. What was the deal, and I meant to bring this up, but it kind of got lost in all this, on the punt Clemson had when we got – they were pinned down. Yeah. I think it was after Mastermano Romano had that punt. They got one first down, but then had a punt. FSU should have been good field position. It ended up being a 62-yard punt. There yeah. was nobody on that side of the field, and the ball just rolled down to the 18-yard line. No, they tried to run the same trick they ran on NC State last year where the returner goes one way and Lawrence Tofili oh, okay. catches it on the other half. So they called a trick return in that situation. I think I'd rather just catch the ball at the 30 and play traditional offense, yeah, but get good field position. They called for a trick and it and it did not work. Lawrence didn't get there in time, it uh, bounced, and then he's out of bounds when he fields it at the 20 or whatever it is. Uh now to a person who's waited for over 40 minutes. Talk as long as you want, Eric in Kansas. Wait to the uh, welcome to the program, the War Chant Game Day postgame show. Hey, thank you so much, guys, for taking my call. Yeah, Eric from Kansas, uh, been a fan since uh, 1986, so it's been a long time. And mm. just so grateful to go into Death Valley and get a win. 4-0 and Knowles. What a great feeling. My uh, my comment is I was so frustrated in the first half on uh, our defense on second down. Uh, just get your guys' thoughts about how many yards we gave up on second down. It just was uh, – Hard to yell at the TV and get any results, but uh, <laughs> everybody's been talking about it. Gator Kirk and, and the number fours and 4 0, and I uh, completely agree with Gene. What a great time to get the bye week and get healthy, and uh, let's go on the rest of the way. Knowles all the way. Knowles for life. There you go. Eric, Thank great you, Eric. Call. Good call, man. Yeah, that, that defense just was very. I mean, that was the bend, don't break early. It seemed like they just, that middle of that yeah. defense was soft. They brought more and more blitzes as the game went on, and that seemed to have a little bit of an effect yeah. on Clemson, obviously, down the stretch. But, yeah, that was it was pretty soft in a lot of those. It wasn't as bad as BC, but I don't think it could ever be as bad as BC in some of those long plays. But, yeah, it was yeah. it had problems. Well, the second and 25, there's an offensive pass interference that's not called there. So that's I'll give them that one back. It, I mean, the kid's blocking five, six yards down the field. The, the throw is completed well beyond the line of scrimmage. So you have an OPI there that, that is not called. Um, but other than that, yeah, they, they were playing soft on the outside in the first half, and they got more aggressive in the second, and you saw the results. Look, Gene, I think the best way, and we'll, and we'll go to uh, Clemson, South Carolina in just a moment because we have a guest, um, but I think the best way to play is to be willing to give up an explosive play in exchange for trying to make explosive plays happen. Be aggressive, pin your ears back, uh, blitz the quarterback, and, and that's what changed the game today, Gene, was when uh, Kalen DeLoach obviously – Comes in on a blitz. They're playing man-to-man across the board, and it goes from 24-17, and the game feels like it's over, to directly in Florida State's control. But now we pivot to Clemson, South Carolina. The internet looks a little glitchy, but he looks oh so clean as he's wearing a, a war chant slash vitamin energy polo. Look at that. That is Corey freaking Clark. What's up, brother? How are you? 
What's up, guys? Can you hear me all right? I know the sun's in my eyes. I can't see you on my phone at all, but I trust you're there. You sound you are- great, Corey. You look great. great, as always. Well, no no dodging. No dodging. <laughs> Well, the theme of this whole thing is how do you feel about this? Because, and I asked, I had early trying to think of a game that was comparable to this. I don't know if there is when you played the game of this magnitude when you were pretty much outplayed. I mean, you're really outplayed. Seemed like the other team was in control the whole time. But somehow, some way, Florida State came out with the W at the end of this thing. So, Corey, I'm I'm imploring the historian to you. Is there a comparable game to this? Or was this just completely out of the blue for Florida State? No, I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head where, you, I mean, they got outgained by 100 yards. Uh, their first lead was in overtime. They didn't lead at all the whole game until Keon Coleman makes that catch. Um, and, yeah, I thought Clemson played better for four quarters. I thought their defense was better. I thought their offense, you obviously had 100 more yards. But you know what? The only thing that matters is the scoreboard. And Florida State has a kid that made a 48-yard field goal. Dabo had to get a kid uh, that was going to New York in two weeks. And that did not pay off for them. Uh, I should point out that a lot will be made of that missed field goal, which was critical, clearly. But that DPI on Renardo Green was nonsense. That and that was that drive. Like that, Florida State should have been getting the ball back on that play to begin with. Um, so you know, it's fine. They were they were fortunate that the kid missed, but it, Clemson was lucky to even have the ball in that spot anyway. And then look, you know, after the game, I want people to go watch the Jordan Travis interviews. And the Keon Coleman, Mike Norvell interviews too, because especially Jordan Travis, he kept saying how he felt disrespected. He's like, they, he goes, it's crazy the way they played us. Now it worked for a large stretch, but he's like, we felt, I felt disrespected, and my wide receivers felt disrespected that they played us one on one the whole game. And look, they took a bunch of shots, some hit, some didn't. But at the end of the day, when it mattered, your injured quarterback, and we clearly know he's not right. Um, because he did not run at all. He was not a running threat at all. He is clearly not himself physically. Made the throw, and it absolutely mattered. So I got to talk about the turning point of the whole game. That's yeah. Kalen Deloach on that play coming up there and just knocking the living crap out of Klubnik yeah. and getting the uh, – I mean, the best thing that happened, and Tom brought this up, that Fisk tried to get the ball. Fortunately, it bounced out of his hands back into Deloach, who got in the open field. I mean, what was what was the feeling like in there? Just suck all the energy up because it looked at that point, Clemson was about to take control of that game. Yeah, it did. And Deloach gave said Fisk it was a great assist for Fisk. <laughs> um, he's a distributor. Fisk has always been a distributor. Gets the ball to his playmakers. Uh, no, look, man, we the way it is at Clemson, the press box is outside, it's outdoors, and we are right behind the student section. Um, so it's it's not the it's not the most fun. It's cool to be have an outdoor press box, but you hear some things and have to deal with some things. It's fine. But when that play happened, there were two girls in front of us, college girls, that literally shrieked like it was a horror movie, like just shrieked. <laughs> and you know, it just felt like the whole stadium felt like that. Like, they thought they were about to run away with it. And, qu- and quite frankly, I thought there was a chance it was going to happen, too. Um, and then in one play, after their only big run, their only huge run of the day, I think they only had, like, three first down runs, of more, like, runs of more than 10 yards. They had the 50-yard run or 45-yard run there. That kid's a good back, by the way. We all knew about Shipley, but that kid's good, too. When, when they fumble right there, instead of going up by two scores, it's now a tie game. Yeah, man, Florida State, I think Clemson fans and the Clemson team knew, oh, no, we got to, we have a four quarter fight. And actually, it meant it was four quarters and what? Uh, uh, five plays, six plays. Yeah. Uh, Corey, so to that end about the, the atmosphere, that's just such a weird one because, you know, Clemson fans might fear that they're going to lose after the missed kick and Florida State crosses midfield, maybe at that point. Yep. But before that point, it really wasn't in doubt 
at least in terms of a, a win or a loss. And then they finally take a lead in overtime. It's just it had to be such a weird thing. We had a couple of people say they were walking out of the stadium and they're celebrating, but you know that crowd had to be deafening the entirety of the game. Yes, only to be silenced at the very very end. Like Florida State won a game similar kinda in 2014 with Sean McGuire starting a quarterback and, and Carlos right. in overtime. But that was at home. Yeah, and that was this is on the road. This has yeah. to be you know a unique one for you to have covered. It is. It is. And again, especially when you don't think you usually you have you can steal a game on the road, but you have to play pretty well. You have to out you have to outplay the other team to win a game, especially in a stadium like that. And I'll be honest with you, man, the Clemson fans, they're great. I, I just I know people might have I don't know what y'all's feelings will, are with Clemson fans, but this team, the way they started the season, they had two horrible opponents and then they showed out in this game, man. It just never, it never doesn't impress me how loud this stadium is, even for a noon game, even when they're unranked. And it was a hostile atmosphere, much more so than I thought maybe a, a sleep. It certainly wasn't a sleepy nooner that I thought a noon game would be. But yeah, the air got sucked out of the place quick. And you know when it got sucked out, Tom, was the third and one. Like the third and an inch after yeah. Shipley almost gets a first down on mm-hmm. second down. And then they throw that pass out wide. And I, I'll be honest with you, I apologize. I didn't see the replay of the DB that made the play, but that's an enormous play. And then all of a sudden you felt the whole, at least the students in front of me, the ones that weren't passed out or screaming at each other, um, were, were you could feel the unease. Like, oh, no, it's fourth and two, and then like, the game's over. Corey, they said in the broadcast that there were some boos in the crowd. Did you hear that after third and one? Yes, yes, I did. Because it's like, why would you call that play? And I think that's a quarterback doing it on his own. There's no way. That's, like what, McDon- a that's what McDonough said during the thing. Yeah. He says he has the option to be see something out wide yes, and go ahead and make that play. The numbers thing, it just, I'm sure his receivers were surprised he would even think to do it. So they weren't blocked <laughs> like they should. And next thing you know, uh, that happened. I wanted to go back, though, Tom, before that last drive, right before I talked about this on the War Chair wrap, which will be up soon, folks. Um, it didn't It didn't convert to points. They didn't end up getting enough yards to kick the field goal to try to win the game late in the game. But Johnny Wilson making those two catches mm-hmm. end up being enormous because it, it, ran, it basically ran out the clock on Clemson. Yep. Now, I'm surprised Clemson didn't try Hail Mary at the end of the game. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. 
and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Uh-oh. Let's give them uh, five more seconds before we have to mail. Three, two. That's unfortunate. All right. Well, All that was right, Corey, well. lead writer, senior writer for warchant.com. Corey, if you're back and you hear us, we apologize, but that signal, I think the uh, the Clemson Sports Information Department said, I was going to no. say, they pulled, they yanked the cable and said, take that cell tower down. We're not yeah. letting him report from Memorial was, Stadium anymore on this debacle. So it, uh, It's like uh, it's like Happy Gilmore. They got in a clown car, they crashed into the tower, and the tower went over. Yeah. That was uh, You could pick that up on TV, Tom, just the, the feelings and the emotions in the crowd because you could hear it just go deathly silent. And they, I don't yep. know if you caught it at the end. When we got to the, the overtime, you could hear defense, defense being chanted by yes. the Florida State fans there. And I know they got a really limited ticket supply. They cut way back on the number of tickets the road team could get in this. So there weren't that many Florida State fans there, but they made themselves hurt. And the fact that you could hear them loud and clear over Clemson, that late in the game told you something, but it was the ebb and flow of that to be, again, to be in that environment, to see, you know, to feel the emotions ebb and flow back and forth. And that realization on that third down play, when you lost the yard, when you were in control, like, yep. Oh my gosh, we're one play away from losing this game. It was palpable. The, the emotions. And it's almost like that. It kind of sucked the life out of Clemson. Cause it's almost like they knew the game was over at that point. Yeah, and you knew the Florida State was going to bring the house. You're up seven. I mean, what's the difference? At that point, you bring the house and and hope the kid can't make a decision under duress. He couldn't. That ball was not catchable. Referees couldn't pull a hanky out of their back pocket, Gene, and and invent a – they could. They they always can, Tom. (laughs) That was one of the latest flags I've ever seen on Renardo. Uh, and that was one of like eight calls to that. You was like, you got to be. When they were doing the post-game interview with uh, Norvell on the sideline, I was still waiting for somebody to come and throw a flag because he just yep. they don't seem, it doesn't seem to matter on timing. No, that was uh, – and I'm glad he pointed out Johnny. Gene, that's one of the, the few times outside of the Kalen DeLoach, you know, uh, sack, fumble, scoop, and score. I got out of my chair. That catch on the first play, Ooh. he reaches his fingers out with all his – Incredible catch. I mean, I'm just so fired up for that. That's team. what he does, man. He doesn't catch him right to him, but you make him have to go work for it. He's going to bring it down every time. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Just a thank you to Corey Clark. The As he yeah. said, the Warchant rap, which is one of our most popular features on Warchant TV and Warchant. The Vitamin rap. Energy Warchant rap. That is correct. Sponsored by Vitamin Energy, who is also a uh, partial sponsor, a va- valued sponsor at that of Wake Up Warchant. It'll be up mm-hmm. very soon. Corey's column is going to be up on Warchant.com very soon. Which allows me to remind you about something we call the big game special. Yes. Wasn't this a big game today, folks? Don't you want to see how Florida State, uh, you know, they go to the bye week and they fix these matters. They've got three straight home games. Florida State is back for three in a row. Then they go on the road, play Wake, Pitt, Miami comes to town. Who knows what Miami's going to be? 50% off an annual subscription to warchant.com. You got to act. I think Gene does it end tomorrow. Is that I correct? Think, yeah, I think tomorrow at midnight. So you got a little over 24 hours to get on this bad boy. Just act now. We have so much content head to toe. This is a year that you want to be a part of on the team side with what we're documenting and a 4-0 start. Everybody social sip. The recruiting impact of today's win for Florida State. This was a big one, guys. To fortify your position, Florida State right now is right around the top five in the 2024 recruiting class. Today's going to help make that even better. Head to warchant.com right now. You see it, the big game special. off an annual subscription. We cannot emphasize enough. This is the most passionate FSU fan community in the business. You can interact with them on the message boards, talk to us on the message boards, and then also you get the great content. Iris321 is going to be a showstopper coming out in the next Mm -hmm. day, 36 hours. We've got a lot of content that we're very proud of at Warchant, and we would love for you to give us a try. 
because you're never going to give it up. You're going to love what you get at Warchant.com. It's an incredible value. So please stop by Warchant.com today. We've got a ton of callers. And so, hey, folks, we are 4-0 social again. Here you go. We're going to get yep. to these callers. Yep. I was sleeping. I was looking at 28 nothing Oregon right now. So, uh, was that Prime, second quarter? Halftime? Prime is getting his beat down. Still second quarter. Oh, man. Okay. We now go to Ocala to talk to Gene in Ocala, one of our favorites. We talked to him uh, a few times this season. Gene in Ocala, welcome to the postgame calling show. How's it going? Tom, Gene. Suck it. Gene. <laughs> Four and oh. Four and oh. Oh, yeah. Four and oh. Four and oh. You know, I, I, I told Terry, I said I wanted to talk about Jordan just basically letting the game come to him mm-hmm. instead of, it just seems like from the time that that first kickoff was in Orlando, he's been trying to press and win the Heisman instead of letting the Heisman come to him. That's all the other three did was just let the Heisman come to them. And I hope that he's okay. I hope that he's good. But it just seems like like you all have been talking about trying to fit the ball. Yes, 50-50, but 50-50 is not test level to where the defender can swipe the ball away. Mm-hmm. 50-50 is using my 6-4, my 6-7 guy up top for them to get the ball out of reach of a 6-2. There's nobody that has been taller than 6-2 that has covered these these two wide receivers. I just I hope that he's better. Um, like you know, like you said, 4-0, no sense in even trancing on it. My one thing though that I will say is this: I do not understand. Coach Fuller's philosophy when you have that kind of defensive line and you will not either play play press coverage and jam these wide receivers with a young quarterback who's making his fifth start. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. I, I don't get that for him being that kind of – the caliber of defensive coordinator that we need at Florida State. Yep. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the last thing that I will say is this. Tom, I don't know whether it's a jinx this year or last year, but every time somebody's coming up on that platinum bohica, they fall short. <laughs> and Clemson fell short today, baby. Four and oh, oh. this nine-game losing streak. Go nose, Tom Jean. Can't wait to make it up there in Tallahassee to see y'all fellas soon. Y'all be blessed and y'all have a good one. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gene. Great caller, man. We love hearing from Gene. Great name, too, also, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now he hit him and the Hunter Proof are right in sync with each other about that in the press coverage against again. It's a great point. Club making his fifth, sixth start, whatever it was. I mean, in a game like this, when you're on the road, you've got to be the hunter in this one. And it seemed like on defense, they were just not doing that. I mean, put the pressure on them, use your advantage, which is that defensive line. And so that's a great call by Gene and Hunter Proof earlier in his call about that. So I mean, I, I think we're all in agreement on that, Tom. Yeah, I think it. Look, don't get mad at me because I'm the messenger here. So do, do not shoot the messenger. I think what Adam Fuller was doing was he was so scared of isolating uh, Clemson, isolating Shipley against a linebacker that he was trying to zone around it. But it ended up being worse. Yeah. You ended up being worse off because there were so many times he's open where we can't communicate fast enough and switch quick enough that for Klubnik, it's an easy read and somebody's wide open. And they did that with mm-hmm. Shipley a couple times, happened with the tight end over the middle of the field. Someday we'll be able to play zone. Someday. But right now it's just it's not that great. And look, as much as I was excited to see Kevin Knowles play, Akeem Dent, get healthy, young man. Yes. Back on that field. And Florida State next couple of weeks, Gene, if I'm a safety, 
in this offense, and I'm down in the depth chart. If I'm a younger guy like a Conrad Hussey or an Ashlyn Barker, these are a very couple, a very important couple of weeks of practice moving forward mm-hmm. because you might have some snaps coming your way if Akeem's not ready. Well, especially in the next couple of games, Virginia Tech, not a shell of what that program used to be. I mean, you get some, maybe they get some time in second half, play a lot, and you can impress the coaches then and maybe get in the rotation, especially if Akeem Dent is still, you know, not able to go. Yep. We now go to New York to talk to Josh in New York for the 36th time on War Chant TV. Josh, go ahead. Tommy, Tommy, Gino! <laughs> Gosh, bringing it. We are. We are here. Listen, I'm I'm a glass half full guy, but the glass is fully full, actually. So I know everybody has some nitpicking to do, but let's think of the overall. Let's think very globally right now. And I'll go back to 2015 when it seemed like we didn't have the better roster and we should have gotten beat by 100 points by Clemson. They had Deshaun Watson and they only beat us by 10 points, right? It, it was something in our mind. And I know I felt it down by – 10 points, I mean, down by 10 points, then down by seven. I was like, oh boy, here we go again. I was like, here we go, here we go. And then Kalen Deloach comes up big. Our offense only scored three points in regulation in the second half. And that was not, that was not good. Secondly, we got to give Jordan a little bit of slack. We got to give him a little slack because I have to like, I'm just, I'm watching how he's throwing and he was protecting that left shoulder every time he threw. He like overextended his right arm. And he turned his left shoulder every time he threw. So that's why, like, I know everybody's getting on those goal routes, but I'm, if he throws those the right way, I'm telling you, those those cornerbacks are so small. We we actually could get – a lot of those were overthrown. Yeah. wasn't even that they were yeah. playable. A lot of them were overthrown. And it's probably because his shoulder was messed up. And I take 6'7", Johnny Wilson on a 5'10", cornerback any day. Um, and, and then lastly, like, the middle of the field, I know we're talking – Clemson's best defenders are in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were trying to go at them on the outside. We weren't trying to throw at Carter and Trotter. We, because if you use your they, – they can cover if we haven't I – mean, I know you guys watched, obviously, the game, but they, they were covering Jaheim pretty well. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're good. So I, I, can, I can understand the game plan from that perspective. And my last comment is this. I love him, and I hate talking bad about him. I love him to death. He's been with us through and through. But if he's hurt, don't let him play. God love him. Maurice Smith was getting pushed in the backfield all game long, and that's part of the reason why we could not run the ball. He was getting pushed in the backfield, and it was it was closing up a hole that we thought was even there. Any cutback lane was, was done because of that. And, like, I love him to death, and I just kept an eye on him for most of the game when we were trying to run the ball, and he was just getting blown up, really. And it's probably because he was sick, hurt. I don't know. But it just seemed like that. And we couldn't get a hold of run. And the also re- reason why we couldn't run is because Clemson figured out pretty early that Jordan wasn't going to run at all. If he kept the ball, you know, they, they would have to defend one more. But I don't care about all that. We won anyway. We have a bye week. I am happy. It is. It was 4-0-0. Oh, no. 4-0-0. Oh, no. And everybody. Is that two drinks? Oh, Josh. Love That's it. Thank, Thank you, Josh. I tell you, we got the best callers, man, Josh. I mean, it's amazing the knowledge these guys bring to this and how observant Josh was. A couple of things. Remember a couple of years ago with Maury Smith and like everybody was dogging him because he played hurt. Yeah. Um, almost an entire season. Then last year he was so good he was healthy. And again, I think he was it was pretty obvious he was not the Maury Smith that we saw 
you know, in that LSU game. So I think that's very observant by Josh that he wasn't 100. percent And we don't we, we know Jordan's banged up, and I think he's getting some criticism. But it's a great point that this was not this might have been 50 percent Jordan, especially the Jordan that can't even run the football, and it probably affected his passes as well. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, some of those rollouts are, I mean, you know, there's a drive in the second half, Gene, where we go three and out. And the first two passes in the drive, once to Johnny on a rollout right and then another one's to Keon, they're not even competitive. Like, they're, they're not even catchable, you know, and, and that's not something that you see from Jordan. Yeah. He's on the move. It's at least catchable. But accuracy down the field on these deep shots has been an issue for Jordan before the injury. So I, I don't want to act like it's just because of the shoulder that that's happening. Yeah, that's yeah. a concern. But the, you know, uh, the willingness to run, the willingness to use the run in the offense, protecting him, he took a ton of shots today. Like, a t- I would say, yeah, Gene, at least over a half dozen quarterback hits. I don't know what the official defensive stats would say, but I remember at least six times closer to 10 where he takes big shots in this game because we were playing empty a lot and going five-man protections, and then it was up to Jordan to just use his internal clock to get rid of the ball. Were you surprised he ran that the, the touchdown run he had? Did they even call that? Well, a little bit, but I, I would say, like, if we go back, I think there were three or four called quarterback runs in this game. There weren't zero, but it just didn't look the same. You know, he didn't have the yeah. same kind of jump and, and jolt that he usually has, the burst. Uh, you could see, and they reported on it during the game, Gene, that he had the uh, the arm brace or the shoulder brace on. He ended up taking it off because it wasn't comfortable for him. He landed on that shoulder a few times. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was a gut check game for Jordan, who's come out of games a lot in the past. He played through it. He battled through it. We weren't good on offense in the second half. But nobody's going to question his heart after this game. He, he fought as much as he possibly could. And I think, you know, honestly, we had a chance to win it in regulation if you don't call, uh, if you do call a PI on, on Keon Coleman on fourth down. I mean, it, we had gotten to that place because he hit Johnny Wilson with a good shot mm-hmm. outside, and, and it was a deep ball. And he did complete another one to Johnny over the middle. So, you know, Jordan is, has been a, a mixed bag, but it's still been good overall. And, and the one thing I'm good enough today. Yeah. And the one thing I'd say about Mo. I take issue with that a little bit. I think Byers was worse than Maurice. I think no, Maurice agreed. Yeah, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what. We, um, and this is, I mean, that the defensive front for Clemson is outstanding. Also, that's a thing too. We've also, look, I love Maurice. Um, he's been unbelievable, Florida State, but he's not the biggest guy out there too. When he plays yeah. an elite NFL type talent, huge defensive tackle, he's going to struggle a little bit. Um, I don't know. Again, we don't know the extent of the injury. If he was a hundred percent this first game back in a while, again. The bye week comes at the perfect time. If he is a little banged up, if he was sick, whatever the deal is, he's got plenty of time to get healthy in time for Virginia Tech. Okay, so here's what we're going to do here, folks. we got six callers in the hopper. You are the last six that are going to join us for the undefeated edition of the War Chant Game Day postgame call show presented by our friends at DeLuna Coffee, who are fantastic sponsors, Brett and Ed Lemmicks. Uh, Ed's the founder. Brett is uh, the man behind the man. Uh, we appreciate their support of this show. Head over to DeLunaCoffee.com right now. They've got a BOGO special on the Voodoo Espresso Blend. It makes one hell of a cocktail. Actually, Gene, I just ran out of Kahlua, so I'm going to have to go Uh-oh. get more. Yeah, so if I'm getting loopy, it's on a little captain right now. That's probably not a good thing. But uh, everybody, you can still say 4-0. and And there we go. There's a social for you right now out there. Starting to get a little salty on the postgame show. There's the sip. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. Right now, they are great sponsors. They're uh, stewards of their local community in Pensacola. They support Florida State's program. And if you live west of I-4 all the way through the Panhandle, head to your Publix. Don't go to the coffee aisle. Go to the Florida Locals section, and you will find DeLuna Coffee in your local Publix. They're fantastic. 
We are going to get a refill, though. We're going to take maybe a quick little bathroom break. Six more calls, more contributions on the other side of this break. This is the War Chant Game Day postgame call and show presented by DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take-home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall, featuring 560 inches of flat-screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games, Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold, 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber-only shows featuring the entire staff, a little Q&A with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at WarChant.com. It's not close. Let's go. Get it on. Sign up today. Picture this. Saturday morning, November the 4th, 9 a.m. Game day's on your TV, and FSU has dismantled their ACC schedule to this point. They're 8-0. Kirk, Reese, McAfee, and Desmond are debating whether the Knolls are going to be the number one or number two seed in the playoff, and JT13 is the front man for the Heisman. Life's pretty good, and guess what? It's going to get better, because your DeLuna Coffee War Chant Bundle came in the mail yesterday. You tell your wife, I'm not superstitious, as you pour your DeLuna Voodoo Coffee blend into your new stainless steel tumbler. You add a scoop of cocoa to die for from DeLuna, and mutter a curse under your breath onto the pit secondary. No voodoo necessary for that, though. The opponent was doomed from the start. Johnny and Keon, they don't need DeLuna's help to make the opponent's life a living hell. But in honor of the 2023 FSU offense, enjoy the DeLuna Coffee Pick Your Poison Bundle. Check the drop-down menu for all available options. Wake up and enjoy DeLuna Coffee today. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com. That's DeLunaCoffee.com. We haven't lost yet, College Football Nation. We haven't lost yet. You can't beat Florida State. 4-0 to the bye week. He's Gene Williams. My name is Tom Lang. This is the War Chant Game Day postgame call-in show, brewed up by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. Some more folks to thank in the Super Chats. Everybody's been so generous today. To the 1,200-plus of you watching right now, hit the like button underneath the video. Subscribe to War Chant TV. It's absolutely free. C, I like the brevity in your name. Neon Keon, somebody make the shirt. Got to make it like a neon yellow then, Gene, uh, for Florida State, right? I'm not wearing neon, but I like the name. That's a good little catchphrase there. So, yeah, it keeps going like that. Keeps making catches and overtimes for wins. We'll take it. 
Raymond, thank you very much for the contribution. You, uh, we appreciate you. If there's a question, maybe we can hunt it down. But there are so many of you to thank. Thank you, Raymond, very, very much. Fins up 15. That was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Second and 10 runs, nothing but nine rounds. The fact we didn't get blown out speaks to how good this roster is. I like the last part of it. I'm telling you, you sometimes you got to know your personnel if they're not smart enough to hit up the run where it's where it's supposed to be hit up, like Lawrence was in the first half and Trey. A lot of yards on the field. We got to clean that crap up in the running game. But thank you very much, Fins Up. Sounds like a third and nine feature. You know, it might be, Gene. I hate those missed opportunities ones because it's Monday morning quarterbacking, yeah. I guess Sunday morning in college football. But it's there. It's there. They still need to get better at blocking, though. There's no doubt about that. OGFE gaming, blaming all the Clemson boards <laughs> that said we suck because we use the portal. And then Keon is the one to go winning. <laughs> go no holes. Five, well, okay. It, it was, uh, it, you, you know, got to give as much as and I was down on Fuller like everyone else in the first half. You got to give him props in the second half. Yeah. I mean, look at the way that defense played. Yeah. Here's the other thing I'd say, you know, Mike Norvell is allowed to look at the game plan on a Thursday or a Friday, Gene, when Adam's putting it together and say, why are we playing zone? Yeah. Press, press man. Like, so that's also on the head coach. If you're mad at Adam, okay. But it's not like he shows up on Saturday and says, here's what we're doing, and that's the first that Mike Norvell hears about. Yeah. You know? So he's in on all those defensive meetings, trust me. It's his decision at the end of the day. I'm sure at halftime he's like, What the hell are you doing? Press. But he could have said that on Thursday or Friday. Maybe that's what we do moving forward. Jamal, thank you very much. True grit laid it on and finished. Truly need to figure out that run game. But the team is similar to the 14 team. I saw a question about this. Hmm. I don't know that they're similar to the 14 team for the same reasons. You've had nail biters. But it's not because of a lack of of want to or or effort in practice right, right. or or um you know their heads swelling too large, Gene. I don't think it's the same thing. I just think they're more flawed and less talented than that yeah. 2014 team was. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think they just I think you had some key injuries. I think have reared their head. I think that other team has had so much talent. I mean, I think almost everybody on that, especially the defensive side, played in the NFL. Um, I just think you're not as deep. You've had a couple injuries. I think you're a little out of sorts. Your quarterback isn't 100%. I think that's played into all of this. And, you know, so I, it, it is a very different team. But, yeah, maybe it'll be like that team and you just win a bunch of nail biters and go undefeated. I saw uh, Buffalo Tom put in the chat that he found love today during the game. Well, best oh. of luck to you, Buffalo Tom. Hopefully that was all good. Thank you for the contribution. Next up on the contribution list, who do we got? We got Dennis. Thank you, Dennis, very much. Why must we take low percentage passes? Man, man, people are killing the play calling today. Yeah. I don't blame you. We have great running backs and tight ends. How can we not find space for them? Well, uh, the running back thing is, it, it's four games. Gene, we're a third of the way through the season. I mean, would you say that Florida State has great running backs right now? I, I don't know. I don't know. They're talented. They're talented, but they're not great within the system. But no, they have not been so far this season. We, well, we saw them practice the end of last season. They looked like they were poised to be great, but I have not seen yeah. it. And, and whether that's the play calling, the line not blocking it up, or them just missing, like you pointed out a couple of plays, they just miss opportunities at times. They're, they're just cutting into the wrong lanes. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not living up to the hype right now. I think Jeremiah Byers is a guard. I saw Tony Greco said that oh. in the chat. I agree. I, that's why I had him so – Gene, he was number five on my top 40 list because I thought he was going to play guard and be that athletic guy that moves in space for Florida State. If you can get Robert Scott back and play blessed right, I think the running game is going to take off. I, I think it does matter a lot. Gordon, I see what you did. You always do this with the Super mm, Chat nice. specific donation. Thank you very much, Gordon. Mm. Just joined, but uh, did it feel like we all needed to, to – all we needed to do was get a lead and this game was over? I felt like we just played tight. They were. 
Gene, would you play tight? I, they were tentative across the board in this yeah. game, right? That's a, you, know, you mentioned the uh, kind of playing the soft zone on defense. Seemed like they were tight offensively. It, like I said, you were you played the hunted, not the hunter in this game. It looked like Clemson yeah. was the one that was the aggressor. They were winning those 50-50 balls earlier, even though you had more talent really on both sides of the ball in those matchups. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great observation. But, you know, again, credit to this team that they were able to somehow play a poor game and be the hunted and still figure out a way to stay in the game and then win it ultimately at the end. Yep. If you don't believe momentum matters in college football or things intangibles like what Gene just said, being the hunted instead of the hunter, it matters greatly. It, it do, These are college kids. They're getting paid now, yeah. but it's still these are still young men, and things like that can affect the game. So I, I think, Gene, you're 100% right. The hunted, it's a different animal altogether to handle than just being the one to pin your ears back. The like, worst thing was being a favorite going into this game. Right. I mean, they brought that up before the Clemson had been, I mean, how long, been an underdog at home. And they they played like they were the underdog, and they they fought it, and they, wanted, they did not want to give that up. Oh, yeah, that was a cover. I forgot about that. Thank you, Gene. Good reminder. Good reminder. All right, uh, Gordon, thank you very much for the contribution. We'll take two more before going to the calls. Nico, the irony of the transfer wide receiver putting the nail in yes. that ACC title run and his coffin. Hashtag Keon country. I like it. I like it. Now, that, is, that is true for the coach that hates the transfer portal. Yep. So suck yep. it, Dabo. Yeah, he's saying Keon County instead of Leon County. And I, I like that very oh, yeah. much. We got a couple. We got Neon. We got Neon, Keon, and Keon County. I like it. Two good ones so far. S Quinn 67. Go Noel. Suck it, Clemson. What is going on with our running game? Well, uh, it's going to take yeah. break that down. Thank you, S Quinn. All right. So now we go back to the phones, and it's still lunchtime out on the island. That's where he is. Ah. It's Noel 71. Ralph in Hawaii. Ralph, welcome to the postgame call and show. Thank you for waiting so patiently. Mahalo. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hello. How's it, everyone? Um, real quick, I can honestly say that I have had zero doubt in my mind up to this point that we were going to lose because of our big play offense ability and the way our defenses come up at the right time until we had our final drive in regulation, two timeouts, first and 10. We needed about seven yards to set up for field goal, and we went four deep passes in a row. That's the first time I've honestly allowed myself to even think we might actually find a way to give this one away. But we got it. I'll never discount a win. So happy for the guys. I hope they enjoy the rest. Here's my observation or question that I do want you to comment on that I don't know that you have yet. Since the LSU game, I am noticing an absurd amount of holding on our D-line for their penetration and their pressure that is literally in front of the zebra space, and they are just absolutely refusing to call it. So I want to know what is Florida State Athletics behind the scenes doing about this absolute effing travesty. Thank you, guys. Uh, we appreciate it, Ralph. Thank you very much. Yeah, good call. Thank you, Ralph. And that's a, you brought that up at the outset, Tom, the officiating. And I, and I was thinking more of some of the uh, – the questionable PIs, OPIs on the other side of the ball, but I mean, you emphasize how holding was what like the main thing that had your issue. And again, I, I would like to see the all 22 to see that more up close, but I did notice play after play. It seemed like defensive linemen going down awkwardly when they normally wouldn't out there, but you know, it, to Ralph's question, what happens is usually the, uh, the school, the coaching staff will put together a, a videotape and they have the film to go show these plays and they submit it to the ACC office. Um, and they get at the ACC office, we'll get back to them on, well, we screwed up on this or we didn't, or here's, here's our thinking behind that. Unfortunately, they can't comment publicly on these things because they'll be fined. I remember years ago, I can say it now, 
Jimbo told me after off the record off one and I can talk about it now because he got in trouble for it because I said they had they messed up on 12 different calls I said in a game and they knew I got that from the coaching staff so he got in trouble for even <laughs> leaking that out yeah so yeah. my point is they're very unfortunately I, I don't know why like the players can be exposed when they make it make a bad play but a grown-up official who's being paid who's screwed up but somehow we have to protect them. We can't be transparent because those poor officials, how dare we say they screwed up on a bunch of plays? No, that, look, you know, there's there's a couple elements to this today, Gene, where they let the guys play to a degree. And if you're going to do that across the board, that's fine. But you can't call the third down P.I. on Renardo Green with the game on the line. Yeah. All yeah. game long, you're letting him play. So that is one strike. Another strike is all the holdings that Ralph's talking about. They called only one in this game. It was on uh, Byers. Uh, when we were backed up towards our own end yeah, zone. Yeah. And and for some reason, Clemson took that penalty instead of the fourth and whatever. We were going to punt. That was weird. Um, it would have been awesome if the FSU would have picked that up. It, it would have been. <laughs> that, was, that was a dumb decision. But yeah. but at any rate, that's the only one they called. Uh, when the umpire threw the flag for the face mask on the run, um, I think it was Fabian who got a handful on the yeah. face mask. I didn't know the umpire existed until that call was made. Uh, but then also the, the Tatum-Bethune hold in the end zone. Gene, I'm going to tell you 100%. Here's what happened. The official was going to call pass interference. The back judge runs up to the official, tells him it's not pass interference because it's not a catchable ball. Yeah. Right? He's going to set up third and goal. And so they converted it to defensive holding, which is just yeah. asinine because the, yeah. the tight end engages in a block before releasing. You're fair, yeah. game, brother. You're fair game in that situation. So uh, just this is a sneaky bad game for the officiating. I think Ralph is 100% correct. Uh, so thank you, Ralph Spartanol. We appreciate the call. Can't wait to see you back on the mainland here very soon we now go to st augustine he's been waiting nearly 45 minutes you folks are the best out there we go to rick in st augustine rick what's going on you damn right boys <laughs> hey i got look i waited six years for this game to happen and from the bottom of my heart to clemson fans to Dabo, i just have one thing to say and that is suck it i hate them I'm so happy we beat that ass today. You know, we played a C-minus game and still beat them. You know, beat them in overtime. All right, it took overtime. Now I'm all right with that. We had injuries. We got two weeks to get healthy, and we got Virginia Tech in two weeks. And me and my brother went to that game in 2018, Black Monday. Willie Tiger's oh. first game and watched us absolutely mm. crap the bed against Virginia Tech. I, I, I claim my language there. I, I, I stopped it. But we we didn't talk to each other the whole way back to the hotel because we were so upset. We knew it was four rough years. We didn't know it was six. And I am ready two weeks from now to bury Virginia Tech. Mm, I hope we pay back 50 points. We got two weeks to get healthy. I'm fired up. I hate Virginia Tech. I hate Clemson. I hate Florida. I hate Miami. And I love you guys. Go Knowles. Thank you for taking my call. That's that's really all I got. There you go. Thank, Thank you, Rick. Rick. I just love the passion these guys. But he hates everybody, but he loves Florida State. So that's that's what we want to hear here. Love it. Rick's in Happyville too. Rick, what? Yeah. <laughs> like that memory, like uh, he still yeah. wants for 2018. He wants payback because we were all we were all sucked in it. We were all so excited in 2018, and then just to be bitch slapped the yeah. way we were in that that evening in Tallahassee by Virginia Tech and that was that awful experience and Rick? we knew at that point and then I the, again the worst part was the deer in the headlights by Willie Taggart in the post-game press conference like uh-oh mm. Houston we got a problem yeah after that we knew there was a real problem going on with this program yeah he's uh, uh um 
Rick is not a guy to cross in real life. Whoever knows Rick in St. Augustine, don't cross him. Really? He, he will take notes and he will save. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like every game means something to somebody, Gene, like irrationally. This guy has circled the Virginia Tech game before the season ever started. Listen to the yeah, hate. He can't wait for payback, 50-plus. So you're saying take whatever that line is and take the Knowles on that one, however that early line well, is going to be. If if for some reason the roster felt like Rick did, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think Florida State would drop 80 on Virginia Tech. Here's, <sighs> here's hoping Rick is able to exercise his demons uh, in a couple of weeks. Yes. Rick, thank you very much for the call. Santa Rosa Beach, we go to Ryan in Santa Rosa Beach. Welcome to the program, Ryan. You hear the bell. Welcome on. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate it. Uh, I've had a, a little more than a beer and a half, like uh, <laughs> some folks have called in, <laughs> like Jeff. But I wanted to, I have mostly comments here. Initially, it was a question. I've heard a lot of terms on the show so far. 50-50 uh, balls, mm-hmm. um, non-competitive throws to the boundary, uh, plays that didn't give us much of a chance, all those deep balls. Do we think that that has anything to do with safety blanket, Johnny Wilson, and uh, Jordan Travis's uh, inability to really to, to move or, or use his skill set due to his injury? And was the thought ever put in in the fourth quarter maybe to give Rotomaker a try? I hate to say it, especially looking into our, our win, but we were ineffective. And good teams go, they follow good quarterbacks, and he was ineffective. Okay. So. That, I think that's a decent question, Gina. I get the spirit of the question. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, clearly, when he sees a one-on-one to either 14 or four, he thinks it's it's a go. Like, green light special, I'm going to take a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw somebody put in the chat, too, and this is correct. They pointed out during, during the broadcast, Gene, that Jordan had hurt his throwing hand during the game. He had hit a that's helmet. His hand, his hand was bleeding. So that might have more of an effect than the shoulder. He still hasn't been terribly accurate on, on deep shots this entire season, but I think that had something to do with it today. The one thing I will say, I've been talking about the officiating as we get farther from this game, that's going to come up. Clemson covered really well. Like in a lot of these situations, Clemson's defenders covered very well. And so the one there wasn't like a Boston College moment, Gene, not, not a ton of them where you got a wide open guy in the middle of the field and then Jordan's turning that down to go one-on-one deep. There were some instances like that, but not nearly as many. So I think... Some of that is that's the best option against a good defense. And when you're not able to run and you're completely one-dimensional, that's the best you got. So if I'm going to play devil's advocate on some stuff we talked about before, I think that's the, the reasoning there. But I don't think it was ever close to go get Rodemaker no, off the wall. No, and, I, and I'm going to say that on that too. You can't, unless he couldn't even lift his right arm, you cannot take Jordan Travis off the field. He's your leader. He's the player they all rally around. You can't, in, in that environment, in that situation, no, you can't take him off the field, even if he is struggling a little bit. Um, and again, I don't know, we, we won't know between the hand, which they showed putting, t- look on the top of his hand, it looked, they said it was bleeding mm-hmm. at some point. So I don't know how much pain was there, but obviously if they had to patch up his hand because it hit something was bleeding and you also had the left shoulder, that affected him. So we're all, we're all, and again, I'm one of them who doesn't like as many of these long, low percentage 50 50 balls they threw down the sideline. But maybe if he's not as injured and he's more accurate on some of those, we're not even having this conversation. If he converts two or three or more of those, FSU wins by 10 points, it's a non issue. So right. they, we, we won't know how much those injuries probably ever affected him. Uh, but no, you are not going to pull Jordan Travis. If he could stand up, and lift yeah. that right arm up at all, he was never coming out of that game. I will tell you, Gene, I just looked at the official stats uh, of the game, and it says that officially Clemson had three quarterback hits. Whoever the hell is the statistician is uh, 
not doing their job. He got hit pretty much every time he was being knocked down at the end of a throw. I think he got hit triple that. I I don't think it was, it was three. Um, PFF does independent on that. They will talk about pressures and hits. Yep. So we'll check out the PFF uh, yeah. when that comes out tomorrow. Unless QBH is a hurry, maybe, but hits, he took a ton today. And that, that couldn't have helped because he's, he wasn't 100% before the well, game. Well, Clemson knew that, and that's good coaching by them. We don't like it. We don't want your quarterback to be hit, but they know he was banged up. So I'm sure anytime they had a shot, legally or borderline, they're going to take they're going to take a shot at him. Okay. Final three callers now on the War Chant Game Day postgame call show. If your names are Marcus, Benny, and John, you're in. You're good to go. Anybody else, I'm sorry. We have to turn you away. Please join us in two weeks' time when we uh, convene for Florida State and Virginia Tech. We now go to Marcus, who's here in Tallahassee. At least that's the 850. Marcus, maybe you're up in uh, Clemson. Maybe we don't know. Welcome to the program, Marcus. Go ahead. Mr. Tom and Mr. Gene, what's going on, fellas? Um, hey, Marcus. Uh, first off, I love you guys. Love the show, man. Um, and I'm going to say something no caller had the audacity to say. After going 4-0, maybe it's my garnet and gold colored glasses. Y'all two look especially handsome on YouTube today, being undefeated. But that being said. Already my um, favorite caller, Marcus. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, but um, now going ahead, though. Here's the thing is, like, when do we clean it up? Because we're a quarter of the way through the season now, and I keep hearing every every time or a third of the way through the season, whatever it is, like, oh, we have a lot to clean up. We have a lot to clean up. We have a lot to clean up. A team that has taken the time to clean it up will beat us. And, I mean, if I'm just looking at it objectively, um, I mean, we got bailed out by a face mask against Boston College and potentially could have lost that game if it wasn't for whatever play call that was on third and one where they throw a pass and lose two yards. I mean, I don't know how the dice rolls after that, but we potentially could lose that game. A team that has it buttoned up is going to cause us some problems. And um, I was just curious what y'all take work because I hear it every week. Oh, we got a lot to clean up. And you kind of mentioned it earlier. But it's, uh, it, it, when do we get that? And I appreciate everything you guys do. And um, I'll take your answer off the air. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Marcus. Thank yeah. you, Marcus. I mean, that's, that's not unreasonable, Gene. He's like, yeah. I, I get it that we're not perfect. When are we going to be closer to, <laughs> to clean? What do you think? Yeah, because you played, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't clean it up after BC because we, we all talked about this. Like, look, they got this. Everybody has a bad game. They had a bad game. They were sloppy. They didn't execute very well. It seemed like the coaches, they, they all took the, what, what did he call it? They took a breath or whatever after we were up 31 to 10. And you kind of expected them to come back sharper in this game, and they didn't. They looked stagnant. They looked sloppy again. So he's right. Marcus is very right about having to, this thing needs to be cleaned up. You've got a bye week. Now, let me pose this back to you, Tom. If they don't, if we don't see a sharper team, they're going to lose a game, yeah. if not two, down the stretch. This You can't, as he pointed out, if not for that face mask, if not for Dabo effectively blowing this thing with some buffoonery down the stretch with the play calling and the time management, Florida State probably loses that game as well. So they've been fortunate. They put themselves in position to win the games, but they've been fortunate to win those. That's not going to keep... It's not going to keep happening that way game after game after game. So they do need to actually really clean this up. Yeah, this is another one that's tough to pin. Like in the, if it's halftime, you're pinning it on the defense. But at the end of the game, you can't pin it on the defense. They're the ones that they no. score points to get you to overtime. Without their touchdown, you don't even go to overtime and have a chance to win this football game. Yeah. So it's just I, everybody loves convenient scapegoats, you know, because everybody can see it. They can pin it. The offense was rubbish in the second half. Just rubbish. Yeah, three points. Yeah, three points. Exactly. They scored 24 today. If I told you before kickoff today that we were scoring 24 points on offense, what would you say the percentage chance is that we win? 50 at best? Yeah. You know, like 40, 30? 
So well, that's you know, what I put there. I put yeah, because I picked thirty-one twenty-four. So I figured Clemson. 40, you said we're scoring twenty-four. I'm saying we're going overtime, which we did. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, which and reminds seven, me. And seven of those were by the defense. So, which reminds me. I mean, look, we won the ball game, so I got to do this for everybody who stuck with us. Nearly twelve hundred. Hit the thumbs up underneath the video. We want twelve hundred likes on this on, video. Guys. Director Ben, I'm doing this, so don't worry about it. I'm doing it. Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! Here's another one. Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! And one more time for the fourth win of the season. Touchdown, Abajo! Touchdown, Abajo! Hope you all enjoyed that. That is always a fun thing to play. Couldn't do it after Boston College last week. Didn't feel appropriate. Uh, let's hear from a couple of more super chatters. People who, I mean, it's just overwhelming the support. Tom Hayden is the first one. And thank you, Tom. We have finally restored order in the universe. Yes. There, the there football you go. gods are paying us back. There you go. Tom Hayden. Thank you very much for the contribution. Long time listener of the JCS too. So Tom, we appreciate your support. Swiss Irish from Germany this e- Wow. Germany. Not <laughs> saw not a single snap, but never in doubt. And there you go. Natterleek, whatever the hell that means. Uh, thank you, Swiss Irish. Hopefully, you're going to the Ryder Cup next week. Uh, I'm jealous of you if you're heading over to Rome to see the Ryder Cup. Thank yes. you for your contribution. In theory, I was right. Podcast is next. Doesn't matter if you win by a quarter mile or a quarter pet. What is this? The Fast and the Furious? <laughs> Winning's winning. <laughs> Love the show, guys. Thanks for everything. Well, we appreciate you. I'm glad you got that reference because I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Man, I, Gene, I saw the first Fast and the Furious when I was 12 years old, 13 years old. They're still making those movies. Oh. Brian, gents. An all-time nervous drinking afternoon here in Pennsylvania. Suck at Clemson, 4-0. 4-0. Cheers, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Jesse's up next. Jesse, let's go. Knowles, hell of a win, boys. Slayed two Tigers in one, in one yeah. month. In fact, Gene, they've beaten yeah. two two Eagles and two Tigers to start the season. So there you go. If abusing animals, PETA's going to come after us. Oh, a new one. Thank you, Ben. Look that, at is that. that is better. That's a really good one. Boy, Mike, looking lean. I think he might actually wear that kind of a a, a, a shirt. <laughs> he needs to come out Virginia Tech game sporting that. That'd be awesome. He should. He should. And they're then taking out some gobblers in the next one. You're killing some turkeys. Yeah. Then then he'll uh, yeah, Garnet and Gold would sell that after that, right? Our friends at Garnet and Gold. Johnny Zenol, Bryn Gardner. Still can't believe Johnny's fingertip catch to keep us alive. It's a great point. I was so happy. Oh, uh, what a great catch that was. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Shamui. Right, Gene? Shamui? We'll go with that. No false starts in that environment was a positive. They did a great job. Gene, this is something in the pregame show yeah. I said. With a lot of offensive linemen that had not been in an atmosphere quite like that, how are they going to handle the noise? They had a great system. It was either the left guard, Roddick, or right guard, Emmanuel. I think it, I think it was left guard. He would look back at the quarterback. Jordan would throw his hand down. He would do this motion where he'd throw his hand down, and that meant tap the center, we're going. That system of communication was excellent. That, uh, they had a very good plan it's, for that. The illegal formations, not so much. But, yeah, for that, you're right. And that and that goes back to we talked about the veteran aspect of this line. That's the benefit of having guys who have a billion starts together. And, yep. uh, I mean, that's that came into fruition in a hostile environment that's loud as hell. Drew, uh, Drew Peeball. I like you. that name. Thank you very much for the contribution. We appreciate you. One more before we go back to the phones for our final couple of callers. Johnny, again, chunk plays down the field. Makes sense if you have the refs who are willing to call P.I. when they should. Mm. Our big guys getting mugged left and right, and uh, and the hankies are stuck like Velcro. Yeah, I think the biggest non-call, you could point to Keon, but I think it's that little wheel. I mean, his arm is like this. Yeah. It's getting tugged. Hard to catch with one arm. And it affects the catch. It's not yeah. one of those where it's tick- it, it affects his ability to get two hands on the ball. That, that pissed me off. 
Uh, Juicy, J505, I feel sick. The OU hit back on the day. The over-under hit back in the day that uh, Bobo Wilson or Green. Not sure. Boy, this is a lot. Uh, I'm not sure it was before the Natty team. Uh, big game. We get no calls or bad calls. I agreed. I'm going to go with agreed. Uh, thank you, Juicy. We appreciate you very much for the contributions to the program. We now go to Benny in Neptune Beach, Florida. Benny, if you're there, it's time to talk to us. Appreciate Hello. you. Benny. Hello. How are you? We're doing well, Benny. We're fantastic, How are you? Benny. We're 4 0, baby. Well, I, I'll, make you, I'll make you feel better. We're 4 0. <laughs> well played. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a 17-year-old man in Neptune Beach, Florida, and I don't think I can take many more games like this. <laughs> uh, but I'm telling you, it was wonderful. And um, my my point that I wanted to make is, uh, you know, I I you can't argue with what he's done in the transfer portal. It's just been unbelievable. But but my 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 major point is this has got to do wonders for our recruiting. Yeah. And I'll take it off the air. Oh, agreed. Benny, you know, look, there's an opportunity for negative recruiting if you drop this game. Yep. Saying that any time that you play in a big environment on the road, on the road, we beat LSU in a neutral environment, but it was kind of partisan to Florida State. There's There's room for negative recruiting in that spot. But now Mike Norvell has beaten Dabo head-to-head Yep. That is critical. It's no longer a talking point. It's not yeah. a thing. When Florida State hits the road in the state of Florida, the southeast, and they say, well, can you beat Clemson? They don't have to answer that question anymore, Gene. Michael Langston's going to have more on this in the coming yeah, days. Yeah, he'll do a recruit reaction. Yeah. We'll get that. But that is that is a huge deal. I, I mean, Gene, you've covered this business for yeah. a long time, including the recruiting side. Anytime you can get off the schneid with a losing streak, it changes things for you. Yeah, you're yeah. right, because the, uh, the other side, the opponents, and it's not just one. I mean, you're, there's – dozens and dozens of other schools you're going against and they will use any edge they have against you one of those they will negatively recruit if you have not won big games you have not won conference titles whatever the case is they will do that but you saw by winning 10 games remember it seemed like just we go back to about last june or july people are saying mike norvell still can't recruit high school kids well then Mm -hmm. now he's got a top five class because what happened was you won those games you've now proved the concept he does know how to coach. He does know how to win games yep. at a big level. He does know how to win on a big stage, beating Florida, beating Miami. Now he's beat Clemson. Now you got a top five team. And if you can keep going on and maybe go undefeated, at least maybe win the ACC, again, it's proof of concept. Now the yeah. other teams that are recruiting against you don't have as much to say. They're going to have a hard time doing that. And they're still, I mean, I think I'm looking at on three right now. I saw they dropped to number six. I don't know how AM has a number five class, so they're garbage, but um, that coach <laughs> is going to be fired. I don't know. Did they actually win today, though? I didn't see that. Uh, they were up today? 20 to 10 late on Auburn. Okay, they're so up. maybe Jimbo won that. Anyway, yeah. but my point is there's still a lot of elite. You got the number one wide receiver in the nation is very interested in you. And after we're seeing what Keon and Johnny are doing, there's an open void for him to come in mm-hmm. and a lot of other elite recruits. So winning this game and then going on, continuing to win well, win the conference, maybe get in the playoffs, will do wonders for Mike Norvell because we've seen what he can do in the transfer portal. We're now seeing what he can do in the recruiting trail once he has this ability to show, hey, I can go out and win a lot of games, beat big opponents on a big stage, and win 10, 11, maybe 12 games in a season and be an elite program. So, yes, it's going to do wonders. And Michael Langston, I'm sure, soon will start having recruit reactions and uh, it was a cool feature. If you saw a lot of the recruits that picked the score of the game, I'm curious if any of them picked the score. 
Yeah. Uh, they were like, you picked it, right, Gene? Were you on the money? I did. Yeah, I think both it was Jeff and I or Ira and I, I think we had yeah. the same score. I didn't pick overtime, but whatever, I'll take it. Uh, I agreed. Uh, Dave Doherty is uh, the, the haters are back out. Well, that's okay. They can hate when we are undefeated. I don't give a shit. Well, they're not uh, going to be able to talk about Dion anymore. It's thirty-five nothing. So uh, there you go. The Dion love is ending finally. We had a super chat sneak in from Robert, who's at Bush Gardens with the family. Wow, oh. take, what a sacrifice! He's well played. We knew Clemson would bring it, so to me, a win is a win. Yeah, it's, it's the first time we've done it this decade. It's the first time we've done it since the early half of the first half. Of the last decade. So, Robert, you take it. We appreciate it. From Bush Gardens, hopefully you're getting a tall beer when you're out there. Maybe a couple I more. I think they deserve that. The family, the wife and kids got to give you a break, man. You went for the FSU Clemson game. That's a good family man right there taking the Bush Gardens for Clemson game. Another late arrival, Florida man in Texas. Thank you very much. Oh. We appreciate this. We need an official FSU Tiger King of 2013 performance T-shirt. Maybe we could whip that up. I know uh, Ben. Might happen. Yeah, there you go. Florida you man. Talk about that or our friends at Garden and Gold, by the way, and you get uh, 10% off all your purchases at Garden and Gold. So uh, maybe we can talk to Tara about that. We certainly can. That's If you're a member of the website side, warchant.com, you get that discount. It is a great deal. I'll tell you more about it before we sign off. But we got two more callers, John Equipment, Georgia. John, you want to talk about ACC losses in Clemson. Are you on the road right now driving, sir? Drive safely. Go ahead. Yes, we're on the road. All right. Great show. Great show. Hey, my um, I love the way the I love the way the players love each other, man. It's a this team's got heart. I know we've had some rough stuff against Boston College and today, but uh, the team's got heart, man, and I can see that in the old Bobby Bowden team that would go out there and just play for each other and uh, and just win, just win, baby. That's all we got to do. There it is. My question is, my question is, uh, does this, do y'all think that this eliminates Clemson from the ACC championship game? I think it does. But uh, all we heard in the preseason is we're going to have to play them twice. We're going to have to play them twice. But I think this eliminates them. And, I mean, I guess other things can happen. But I think they're done. Yeah. What do y'all think? Uh, Go ahead, Gene. I would say I'd say it's probably 80, 90 percent that they're probably done because you just look at a lot of the other teams. I mean, Duke, Duke's got obviously the head to head on beating them uh, on that. If there's any kind of tie there, I assume Duke gets the tiebreaker on that. Louisville's got such an easy. So they're undefeated. Apparently, they're blowing out BC today. They'd have to lose twice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it does seem like it would be really want to pull up. Yeah, that's good. Pulling up the standings right there. A lot of weird stuff would have to happen for Clemson to be able to get back into it. It could happen. We've seen crazy things happen. Upsets happen all the time. So, in theory, Clemson could still be alive. But, I mean, between Miami and Louisville and Duke and North Carolina, it seems like it would be very odd for one of those teams to have two losses and Clemson somehow sneak back into it. And they'd still have to run the table to even make that a possibility. Correct. Uh, They're dead, I think. Uh, They're dead last in the ACC right now, folks. They're dead last. What do you put in the percentage at? I put it 80 to 90. I'd say 85. From What do you put in that? I, I think 90 plus because North Carolina's wow. North Carolina schedule isn't crazy um, down the stretch. Clemson's got to play both Miami and North Carolina. That's tough. That's tough for Clemson. Uh, I'm really weeping for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a shame. What benefit- Can we pull up the Jerry meme? That's a shame. What Ben and thank you, Chris. Oh, good Christmas. Oh, Chris. I, I'm empty. I'm empty. I'm going to have to refill. Thanks. Yep. On my third already, man. <laughs> Talk about day drinking. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm not going to the bar. I'm feeling a little yeah. uh, a little weebly, weebly wobbly. Chris. 
but you know what Clemson benefits from Gene is that there are no divisions at this point. If they if they were still in Atlantic, they're dead. Like they are dead. That's dead. true. But since there isn't one, they have a sliver of hope. So I think that's where that stands right now. But good job and good luck to that. Good luck. Uh, what was it, Lamarcus Joyner? Good luck with that, Clemson. You're zero and two in the ACC. So did they did they go full Miami at this point and just give up? Like Miami at this point, Miami would tank it. Mm. Did uh, they turn that, on Dabo? That's an interesting thing to watch. I, I think that offense is young enough that they won't. But uh, Klubnik's good. I mean, I, I do. I saw he's. He, from what I saw the Duke game to this game, he's grown a lot. He's going to be a good quarterback. Um, so we'll so they, see. But yeah. They've got a month from now, they got Miami on the road. Um, mm. They've got Notre Dame Ooh. at home. They got Notre Dame at home in November. It's and not then an they ACC got, game, but yeah. They've got North Carolina at home in November. So three big games. If you're just talking about where's their investment level, those are three yeah. chances for them to lay down. We'll see. We'll see. That yeah. That's an interesting question. I hope they do. Uh, our last caller today. We have made it nearly 6 p.m. on the East Coast. Thank you to everybody who's participated. It is now Victor in Tallahassee. Victor, what a great name because the Knowles are the victors today. Welcome mm. to the program. Go ahead. Absolutely. You know, and first off, I want to uh, thank you guys. You know, I appreciate you both for, for hosting this every week, man. It's, it's absolutely a breath of fresh air. Well, thank you, thank you Victor. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so my, my main question, so for the past, you know, few weeks, I love what we're doing in the passing game, uh, especially this game. Um, Keon and Johnny really showed out. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that, that Johnny getting these good looks and, and finally really buckling down and be able to hang on to the ball. We're not forcing deep routes. And, you know, we took some easy passes for first this game. But my, my main question for you guys is, you know, we haven't shown that we could use the run game as a threat. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we dabble a bit. Um, but does this come down to scheming or are we giving too many good looks for the defense? Like, how do we establish this going forward? Um, I love Benson and Toa feeling in the backfield, but, man, the explosiveness, the, the explosiveness of, of Rodney and then maybe even slotting in Kaziah Holmes. How do we do this going forward to kind of um, get it on both sides of the offense? Yeah, uh, it's it's a question they're going to be asking, Victor. I appreciate the call. You know, Gene, that there was a chance for Rodney in this game. It was 17-17. Yeah. Uh, they punt the ball back, Clemson does. There's a chance to take your first lead in the third quarter for Florida State. They call two runs for Rodney, and both are bottled up at the line of scrimmage. Um, they're desperate to get the running game going. It's not for a lack of trying to get the running game going. It's just not. At this point, mm-hmm. and, and whatever the answer to that is, they're going to have to search, you know, uh, with a fine tooth comb over the next couple of weeks. And, and Victor, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I would say, Victor, that to me, that's the biggest question going into. Th- I mean, there's a lot of things you can clean up on, you know, with Jordan, some of the, the selection on defense, some of the stuff we've talked about during the show today. To me, the biggest thing is establishing that running game because going back to BC, when you had a lead in that game and you could have put the ball game away by just running the ball a little bit, you couldn't do it against BC. Mm -hmm. who's a horrible run defense team. And today you could do absolutely nothing with that has to be solved. And I think you pointed out, you know, getting Robert Scott back will help some, uh, but they've got, that can't just be that it's been absolutely pathetic running the football the last couple of days for again, without offensive line and those running backs and Mike Norvell scheme, it's yeah. baffling to me. I could have never – the fact that they rushed for 22 yards, I mean, and they won the game, it's just 
astonishing to me. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, playing a quality opponent and having zero running game. Yeah, that's still being able to pull it off. The Gator Kirk said that. You know, if I told you before the game we rushed for 22 yards. No, no. No, Not a chance. Not a chance. And that's a great point, Gator. We appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you that have uh, signed in and uh, advanced the chat. Uh, Those of you that have provided super chats and the calls, we're wrapping it up here. But before we go, another reminder, about 50% off. I mean, more than a 1,000 of you have stuck with us for a couple of hours here. I hope you're getting loose at the hizzy right now. But you can also enjoy Warchant.com with a great deal. 50% off an annual subscription your first year. It's under 60 bones for the year. Under 5 bucks a month, folks. That's an unbelievable deal. We have content head-to-toe documenting what's now an undefeated start to the season into the bye week. The recruiting class of 2024 is only going to get stronger after a win like this. This is the time to jump on board with Warchant.com. We are the ultimate FSU sports source. We are the number one FSU fan community in the business, and we would love to earn your business. Give us a shot. You're going to see the greatness of what Irish O'Fell does on a day-to-day basis, Corey Clark, Aslan Hadjavandi, Gene Williams with the PFF grades in the morning, like all these little details, Michael Langston, Matt Lasser. We have an unbelievable staff on the warchant.com side and on the multimedia side as well. We, we would really love for you to give us a shot, and that is the deal we are offering you right now, but you got to act in the next day. So it's a half off for the annual subscription. Give us a shot. Trust us. You're going to enjoy yourself. You'll never give it up. You'll love warchant.com. Gene, other things to promote before we sign off for the evening. Uh, that, I mean, Corey calls you up soon. I know right now we've already got Mike Norvell up, his postgame, Jordan Travis. Get to hear that uh, and some of the other player interviews. So right there on Warchant TV, the Warchant rap should be up shortly. And then, of course, yes, <laughs> there it is. You can listen to his postgame comments. The Sunday Smash. Mm-hmm. With our uh, friend Russ Vores is the sponsor of that State Farm Insurance, and that will be coming to you. Is it going to be you and Ira? That is, yes, you and Ira. Oh, love the Jameis. There we go. And speaking of being the Jameis, and a lot, a lot of memories going back to the 2013 game and Jameis beforehand. And it's appropriate that 10 years, the anniversary of that historic beatdown in Clemson, yep. the Florida State goes there and retakes the reins and takes away and, and tames the Tiger again. Thank you, Mike Norvell. Um, to do that. So that was just, a, it's great. So yeah, I mean, I want to remind people about that and subscribe to War Chant. What are we up to on the likes? So did we hit your 1200? I don't know. I think we need people. It takes one second. Just hit it before you leave. Hit it before you leave. Cause here's what happens. This will go to the top of the list. So more FSU fans search FSU Clemson. It comes near the top of the list so they can watch this coverage and they can enjoy your phone calls, your, your questions in the chat. Jeff's suck at Clemson for the first time in seven yes. years. So just, it takes one second. If you enjoyed this, if you didn't, then don't. But if you enjoyed this, and I bet a lot of you did, hit the thumbs up underneath the video, and you can subscribe to us. It's absolutely free. Let's get that thing over 1K. We would very much appreciate it because it helps us find more FSU fans who love our content and love beating Clemson. Who doesn't love beating freaking Clemson? It's been a minute. And I'm being 4-0. Uh, you know, Gene, I'm out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to IOU know. system. It's an right, IOU right. system. I'll drink one for you, Tom. I'm sure you will. Thank you very much, Gene. Thank you to everybody who contributed in the chat. There are 40 of you that, that provided super chats. We love you. I would list the names, but we'd be here oh, until another hour from now. To everybody who called, thank you very much for advancing the discussion. And even if you did not provide a super chat, like 
you know, if you just advance the conversation in the chat on WarChan TV. Yeah, we, we, we wish we could get all of you on there. But when we have one, we had, at one point we had 2,000 people on. It's hard yes. to get all you guys on there. I mean, we love everybody interacting. We get to see what's going. We try. I try to watch that while we're doing all this. Yes. And I mean, I love the interaction, the great input you guys are doing in the chat. We try to interact as much as we can with you guys. That's what this show is all about. So it was fun. Our callers were great again. I mean, I got. I challenge any other call-in show to have the educated, insightful callers we have. I don't think anybody can match this. Our guys are great. No, you're always awesome. You're always on point. And you know what? If you've got gripes, you should, but ignore them for now, guys. What do you? Why? Yeah, why live in the critical? I've turned the corner, Tom. You're right. I'm into results. I've turned the corner. I'm happy. It might be that I'm three scotches in. I don't know, but I'm a happy camper now. We're four zero, baby. Enjoy it, guys. When's the next time you're going to be 4-0 in top five in the country? Like, you know, we felt like it was going to be every year in the 90s, you know, and, and when Jimbo was here for 29 straight, like that was your birthright. It isn't. It's been a minute since we've been here. So bask in the glory. Head over to warchant.com to continue the experience. Stay on the channel when we sign off here for those press conferences. We'll grab Dabo's later tonight, too. He takes forever to get to the media, so he's probably only speaking to them right now. Will he but, admit how much he screwed up? <laughs> don't you want to hear that Dabo believes they would win that game eight out of ten times? Oh, I know I, you know he's going to make a silly comment like that. He will. He will. And we thank each and every one of you. I mean, honestly, this is the best gig in the world. It's a lot better when we're, we are undefeated yes. heading into the bye week. So stay tuned for more content at Warchant.com. We thank Ben, behind the scenes, Director Ben. We thank our call screener, Mr. Terry Clark. Terry. Thank you, Terry, very much. To all of you who chimed in today, enjoy the rest of the day of football. There's a lot of good football to be played. And have another cold one, if that's 40, your thing. 42-0 Oregon, by the way, now. 42-0. Have another cold one, because this is a day to remember. Before we go, Tom, who do you like tonight, Irish or Buckeyes? I'm actually going to go with Notre Dame. And really? uh, Well, so the number was three and a half when I got it. So I like that insurance for a home game, but it's the better quarterback. I'm going with the better true, quarterback. True, Hartman. Ohio State is the better roster. Yeah. Notre Dame is the better quarterback. That, that, that's a good game tonight. So maybe I'll see you at a bar stool around Tallahassee. But if we don't, we will be back on Warchan TV tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, for the Smash with Irish O'Fell and myself. For Gene, my name is Tom. We are 4-0. Have one out the door, everybody. And on your way back to the fridge of the liquor cabinet. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>